but around 1,000 passengers a week come via Paris and Brussels. They'll all be questioned by Border Force staff and health professionals who can check for signs of Ebola, especially a high temperature. By the end of next week, screening will be extended to all of Heathrow, Gatwick and Eurostar services. The government says that should cover nine in every ten people travelling to the UK from the danger area. Police are appealing for witnesses after yesterday morning's fatal crash on the M25 in Hertfordshire. A 37-year-old man died after his black VW Passat hit a barrier on the anti-clockwise carriageway between junctions 22 and 21 at 6.30. The Environment Agency has issued a flood alert for the River Lee at Luton, Harpenden and Wheat Hampstead. Meanwhile, Police and the fire service in Hertfordshire say they took numerous calls to deal with flooding in the east of the county yesterday evening. A woman was rescued from her car by firefighters and the A602 at Tonwell only reopened in the early hours of this morning. A family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after the father ran out of time to take his paternity leave. Kirsty says their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital for the first two months. They postponed her husband's leave, but he's now lost it because it has to be taken within 56 days of the birth. More from Sophie Solaria. Baby Jensen was born on the 10th of August, 11 weeks early. The family decided to take paternity leave once Jensen came home from hospital, but say they were told it was too late because of government rules about taking it within 56 days. They say they've met other families with babies in neonatal who are in the same position and would like the law changed so that exceptions can be made for very premature babies. The Treasury's announced further changes to the rules on pensions. Savers are to be given the flexibility to draw down their pension pot in one go or as a series of lump sums. In sport Wales are top of their qualifying group for Euro 2016 after beating Cyprus 2-1 in Cardiff and the weather starting wet and overcast but becoming drier and brighter. Still the chance of a heavy shower later though. A maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone-in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With Robert Webb and Neil Morrissey talking about their new West End play and a very sweet dog called Esther who's desperately looking for a home. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC. BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh dear. Oh, I've just caught. Right, Kelly Betts isn't here today. Oh goodness knows where she is. So Danny is sitting in. I've just caught Catherine Boyle being rude about me behind my back. You thought I couldn't see. It, in front of you, actually. Uh, well, I, that, well you, come on. Bit of respect. I'm the boss. Are you? Yeah, I'm going to get. Um, one of those things that um, men, powerful men, have on their desks. What complex? What? <laughs> says, huh? So it's going to just instead of having my name on it, it's going to say the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a badge. I'm going to hit you with it. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to happen. Morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up on the show today. Dunstable stranger still at large. Well in Dad in paternity dispute, and Maisie found safe and well. Not your best um, menu, Catherine. It don't rhyme. The last bit was the best thing the ever. Best. Listen, there's some things you don't rhyme. Those are three. Gosh. Take it from me. Oh. Let him be free. Thank you very much indeed. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You're a bit sparky today, Boyle. I'm not sure I approve of your sparkiness. Uh, end of term, isn't it? What? We get a lion tomorrow. We are... Catherine and I are on a school trip tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. A, j- a jolly. No, not a jolly. We're working and we're not being paid for it. But we are um, going to be fuelled by Haribos. Man alive. Four bags of Haribo to get us up to Salford, of all places. And we get to sleep eight hours. <sighs> and we're going out to a meat Haribo. restaurant tonight. We're going to go and eat meat. I think it's just called a restaurant, but yeah, there'll be meat served. <laughs> You told me it was a meat restaurant. It's mostly meat. I think you do get some veg. Primarily meat is what I would call my restaurant if I ever open, if I get around to open it. Mostly meat. Mm. No, primarily meat. Mostly meat will be my rival franchise. No, prime. <laughs> no, mine will be primarily meat, but it'll be spelt prime. Ah. Oh. Yeah, you're digging it. Good one. Primarily meat. But I'd spell meat M E double T. I'm not sure why I've done that yet. Oh. That's maybe too clever. M E double T. Yeah, and actually, it wouldn't serve me. You just encourage people to sit around. I was, I was in High Wycombe yesterday. Oh, I didn't tell you about the meeting I had. Oh, it went well. It didn't go that well, but I. Anyway, I was in High Wycombe yesterday. Did you kick off again. No, I didn't. My, uh, th- th- uh, I, I, I was compared to Columbo. But <laughs> anyway, this is this is a private <laughs> conversation. I was in High Wycombe yesterday. When did High Wycombe become a ghost town? Oh. There was nothing there. It was empty. There was tumbleweed blowing through, and I could see the spirits of those long departed. It was empty. And uh, I was meeting my sister there. We had quite an important meeting there. So my sister, and we got there early, and uh, I'd spotted an independent cafe on the way to meet my sister at the train station. I said, oh, let's go to this independent cafe, have a bite to eat, I'm starving. When you say independent cafe, do you mean Greasy Spoon? No, 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 no. It was, like, quite a nice place. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was quite a nice place. A bit, bit poncy. Brasserie? No, it was, um, it was an independent cafe. I don't know what more I can tell you. Coffee shop? Yeah, but they do, it was, it was a restaurant. It was a cafe. They do food. Okay. I don't know why you're making this into an issue. Tell me then. So, we went to this, it was half past ten in the morning. I was starving. We went to the independent cafe. Right, we went in there. Stop saying independent cafe. Well, what do you want me to say? Cafe. But it was independent. It wasn't a Costa or a Starbucks. OK, well, thankfully, you haven't said Costa or Starbucks, though. So. It was... I wish we'd gone to a Costa or Starbucks, and you'll see why in a minute. So we went to this independent cafe that was staffed by two very trendy men. Uh-oh. And Hip- we, hipsters. Did they have beards? They uh, had beards. Did they have skinny jeans? Yeah, they oh, did. Dearie, well, that was our first mistake. But still, we thought, OK, I'm digging the vibe. <laughs> We sat down on the sofas. It was empty. Half past ten in the morning. Mm, why guy, would it be empty? Mm. The guy brought the menus. And then he said, have you ever been here before? Well, it's not a harvester. I don't know. I've never been, no, I've never been here before. <laughs> oh, OK. And I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry. Right? So he gave us the menu. He said, we're only doing drinks. We don't do food till 11. Oh, did you say, isn't this an independent cafe? I was thinking it. I said it when he went. I said to my sister, this is an independent cafe. And then the thing is, I was so hungry, right? And we were next door to a Greg's that had seating facilities. Oh, I was so hungry, Uh-oh. but I'm so British, I stayed there and drank a, chamomile, a cup of chamomile tea because uh, uh, I, I, I didn't want to offend them. You lined his tight pockets. And then it was too late to go and get some food in the Greg's, so I had to go to a meeting on an empty stomach. Wow. So my message is, don't support independent cafes. <laughs> support Costas, support Starbucks. Go support, to Greg's. Go to Greg's. Go to Greg's is the motto of that story. <laughs> I'm so, I was so hungry. Yeah, we're not doing food till 11. What the flipping heck? 
Hey, we're going to Salford today. Yeah. So Greg's there. Yeah. My granddad used to take me there, and to keep me quiet, he used to give me a sausage roll. So I'd be sitting in my push chair. From <laughs> <laughs> your push chair? How old were you? Little, and it was known as a Greg's dummy. <laughs> We'll have some of that. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to give us a call this morning, well, you can. Now, Bedfordshire Police are still trying to identify a man who approached a number of young girls on their way to school. One of the incidents, which happened earlier this year, was featured on 24 Hours in Police Custody last night, which I believe they also used my voice, Saul's permission. Catherine Boyle has got more details on this. I remember this um, this story. It was in March, wasn't it? It does. It dates back to the 21st of March, when the yep. nine-year-old girl was walking home from school at the Ardley Hill Academy, Hill Academy in Dunstable. I should just say this should be some audio in here. Have we got that? No. Danny, can you have a look for us? And I'll um, talk slowly. <laughs> so the, this nine-year-old girl was walking home from school at the Ardley Hill Academy in Dunstable when she was approached by a man who tried to get her into his car. This was the first of a number of similar incidents around the area of Dunstable and also Leighton Buzzard, which police um, are now believing will be uh, are linked 
The latest case we know about was again back in that area surrounding the Ardley Hill Academy in September. And on that occasion, a nine-year-old boy was approached, which prompted the head teacher Jonathan Smith, to advise parents to make sure their children weren't walking to and from school on their own. It, he was keen not to frighten people, but said it was a sensible precaution. OK, so what's happened since then? Well, an arrest was made in connection to this series of approaches, but police believe they haven't got their man yet. They say it's still an open investigation and they're asking anyone with information to come forward. But this, now, this is still going on, isn't it? Because uh, uh, um, the last approach was only last month. Parents must be very worried by all of this. Well, let's hear from them now. These parents at Ardley Hill Academy spoke to our reporter Tony Fisher yesterday about the response by police and the school itself. Since all the incidents, I have noticed an increase of police presence like in the school hours. Um, so again, that helps. I mean, you know, it sort of you know that they're just round the corner if we need them and stuff. You know, so and the schools they're sending out lots of emails as well just to make sure that we're aware. And obviously, a lot of the older kids make sure they go home in more than twos and you know stuff like that. So I just think between us all, if we all are extra vigilant and just keep an eye on our children, then. Hopefully there'll be less abductions, you know, so... But I don't think anyone, any child has actually been abducted, no, have no, they? No, no, they've just attempted. I think there's been quite a few in the area. Um, but no, I don't believe any child has been abducted as of yet. So it's just a case of down to everyone, really. Just keep an eye out and anything suspicious, just call the police. I always make sure I wait until the kids are in the classroom and I'm always here, like I said, I'm here early. So and I'm always there for when they come out. And if I'm going to be late, I always make sure that... This school's quite good. They don't let the children out. If you're not there, they get sent back inside. So, so I'm not really too worried because I know the school are probably on it. Obviously, it is, it is very, very scary. And, and there was, a, to say, time last term where it just seemed to be every few weeks there was another case of you know of, of a child that had been approached or, or something like that. So, um, so it, yes, it does worry me. It does scare me. Um, and I just think it's happening so much more you just think what well, is it getting worse and worse why is it getting worse um but at the moment my little girl's only four so i would i'm always walking her to school anyway but but i do feel like i will never ever be able to let her walk to school by herself which yeah. is a horrible thought really travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio a very good morning and so far checking the cameras across the three counties seems to be moving rather well on the M1 and the A1M, not seeing any major problems or delays at the moment. Expect some delays on the M25 between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27 for the M11 as those major roadworks are continuing. So far checking on the trains, everything seems to be running to time, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 6.15. It is Tuesday, the 14th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young girls on their way to school. The incidents, which happened earlier this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. And a family from Welland Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. BBC Three Counties Radio. Who's going to sing for the unsung heroes? There were golds galore in Glasgow. Commonwealth Games as a whole was an amazing experience and to bring back the, the, the amount of medals that we did was, was amazing. Well, what a performance! 
Greece. But once again, we also want to celebrate our unsung sporting heroes this year. The amazing coach really, really inspires us. So who will you nominate? She understands how we feel and everything. We're looking for someone who's made their contribution for no reward, but had the enjoyment of seeing sport flourish in our local communities. To make your nomination, go to bbc.co.uk slash unsungHero and download a form. The closing date is the 20th of October, with our 2014 Unsung Hero announced at this year's BBC Sports Personality of the Year. You can't bottle it. <laughs> get inspired and get nominating. Am I the only person that thinks Unsung Heroes are sung about all the time? Unsung Heroes are sung about more than sung heroes. You can't go anywhere with the, the brave ball boys and girls of Wimbledon being praised. We're always singing about unsung heroes. We should sing for the sung heroes because they're now... They've been the, ignored. They're the unsung heroes. Yeah, whoever hears about Mo Farah these days. Yeah, exactly. Mo Farah, um, the lady that did a, a poo-poo when she was running the marathon, <laughs> and the Scots tennis man. They're the unsung heroes that we should be singing about. Gosh, I'd completely forgotten about them. You see...
08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. Now, a new dad from Welling Garden City has lost his entitlement to paternity leave because he wanted to take it once his premature baby was home from hospital. Well, the little boy was born 11 weeks early and was very poorly. So his parents thought they'd save their leave until they could all be at home together. But dad's bosses had other ideas and insist that any paternity leave should have been taken within 56 days of the birth. Well, the dad is still in dispute with the company, but we'll be speaking to the mum later on in the programme. Joining me now, though, is Danny Beals, the senior campaigns officer at the premature baby charity Bliss. Morning, Danny. Good morning. So, uh, what happens when a premature baby is born? Do the laws of maternity and paternity not not vary due to the circumstances? Um, Well, no, unfortunately not. Um, uh, Unfortunately, the the same rules uh, apply to all parents, um, and uh, you know, as as this case demonstrates really those rules can really not not suit these parents around 80,000 babies are born um, each and every year premature or sick and um, unlike you know in most cases after a day or two your baby will go home with with mum and dad and 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 that'll be great but in, in these cases babies can be in hospital for weeks if not months um, and maternity leave will start from day one and dads will face a difficult decision whether to take their one or two weeks leave either while their baby is sick in hospital or or baby to go home and that's a very difficult decision um and these these rules complicate things further so he can't so there is no um uh, kind of movement on that if the baby is born prematurely and is in hospital for two months say you can't take the paternity leave when he comes home two months after he's born you've got to take it if you want it from the moment that he pops out so to speak uh well you you have to take paternity leave um within the first 56 days yeah and then there's also uh you know if you want to change um uh your agreed paternity leave pattern i think there's also a notice period which which employers are entitled to which i think is around 28 days so these are quite prescriptive um obviously uh quite unflexible when parents are going through very difficult a difficult time which they didn't often expect you know the baby's quickly ill they don't know what's going to happen day to day so if their baby's going to get sicker or or better um and, and actually bliss spoke to um uh, around 1300 parents recently as part of our new campaign um and 70 percent of dads had exhausted their their paternity leave while their baby was still in the hospital in the neonatal unit they had to go back to work um many ended up having to be signed off sick 10 percent, i think told us uh, mums, as I say, their leave starts from day one, um, and lots of them will see weeks or months be lost before their baby's at home. Uh, that means less time at home to spend with their baby, like like most parents would, would rightly expect. Uh, Bliss are currently campaigning for extended paternity leave. What's, what's that all about? Tell us about the campaign. Yeah, well, um, I think I think as this case highlights, we we think there are specific uh, needs and issues that these parents have. This isn't like a, a normal birth. Um, it's valuable for for parents to be there with their baby. You know, it, it's vitally important that mums are there to breastfeed. So breast milk is, is vitally important for these babies. It's, it's important that mum and dad are there to bond with their baby, to be there. And obviously, all parents want to be there when their their child's critically ill. Um, so what we're asking for is, like a number of other countries, for additional flexibility um, from from the government. The firm to look at the parental leave system again and extend maternity leave um, and statutory maternity pay for these parents, particularly those who are in hospital for long periods. Um, and then secondly, for the government to publish guidance for employers so there isn't this, this confusion that's happened in, in this, this particular case that, that employers um, uh, have clear policies and parents know where they stand.
Uh, if people want to find out more about uh, Bliss and the work that uh, you do for premature babies and their families, how do they get in touch, Danny? Um, well, they can visit our website, which is bliss.org.uk, um, and our, our campaign's clearly on there, and they can get in touch with us if they've experienced similar problems as well. Excellent stuff, Danny. Thank you very much for talking at this ridiculous time in the morning. And it is a ridiculous... It, it is a ridiculous time. Danny Beals there from uh, Premature Baby Charity Place. It is a ridiculous time, Catherine. It was so hard this morning when I woke up. It was so hard to get up out of bed. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You know why? But why? It's getting darker. It's getting dark. It was freezing this morning. I, I popped up for a wee about half past one. Oh, it was cold! It was cold! Not the urine. I, I'm assuming that was body temperature. I didn't check it uh, like I normally do. But it was cold! I dashed to the loo, I dashed back, I kicked the cat off the bed. Wallop! Well, thanks for that little uh, insight into what... And even when my radio alarm went off and the voice of one of the most obnoxious radio presenters in the world was speaking to me, that nauseating, awful sound emanating from his putrid lips wasn't enough to get me out of bed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't enough to get me out of bed. That really is a very sleepy, sleepy head you've got. (laughs) Shall we have some of this?
good does this sound? Right, after the show, we're all going to jump in the branded vehicle. You, Danny, you, Catherine, Justin. We're driving round to Hart. We're putting bricks through the windows, then we're driving off again. Yeah, guys? Oh, in your face, commercial. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting to build up on the approaches on the Great North Road and to the Black Cat roundabout, where those major roadworks are continuing. In Letchworth, electricity works taking place on Norton Way South, just a Bulldog Road, so do expect some delays around there. The A414 building a little around the Park Street roundabout on the speed sensors this morning. And so far, no reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Road. Thank you, Nicola. Speaking of putting bricks through windows, who knows the story about when um, 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 John Lennon drove to Paul McCartney's house in his Rolls Royce and George jumped out and chucked a brick through Macca's window? Anyone know about that? Guys? Guys? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young girls on their way to school. The incident, which happened early this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. Police are appealing for witnesses after yesterday morning's fatal crash on the M25 in Hertfordshire. A 37-year-old man died after his black VW Passat hit a barrier on the anti clockwise carriageway between junctions 22 and 21 at 6.30. And a family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wales are top of their qualifying group for Euro 2016 after beating Cyprus 2-1 in Cardiff. Real Madrid star Gareth Bale says the Welsh are in good form. We knew Bosnia was going to be a difficult game and they're a very good team, which a point is, is a good result. And yeah, we, we definitely thought we could we could beat Cyprus tonight. Obviously, difficult circumstances, but we got the job done, which is, is the most important thing. And, and maybe in, in different campaigns, we wouldn't have won tonight. Holland followed Germany and Spain in suffering unexpected defeats in the latest round of matches. The Dutch were beaten 2-0 in Iceland. Elsewhere, Watford duo Matej Vidra and Daniel Pudil were unused subs as the Czech Republic won 4-2 in Kazakhstan. And MK Don's duo Will Grigg and Ben Reeves are with the Northern Ireland squad in Greece for their match tonight. Also tonight, Scotland are away to Poland. The Republic of Ireland are away to world champions Germany. Boreham Wood are through to the FA Cup fourth qualifying round after a 1-0 replay win at home to Froome last night. The Hertfordshire side will travel to Woking in the next round. And in rugby league, Wigan's Ben Flam faces a minimum eight-game ban after twice punching a St Helens player in Saturday's Super League Grand Final. He faces a disciplinary hearing tonight. There has been debate about whether it should become a police matter. Hemel Staggs coach Troy Perkins says punishment from the Rugby League authorities should be enough. It's poor by Ben Flower, but I think you're opening up a can of worms if you start bringing police involved. It's a, it's a contact sport and, 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 and some things you know um, that happen on the field maybe shouldn't happen, but, but to take it outside the, the field is if you let the judiciary deal with it, he's going to get a, a, a big ban. And, and um, as I said, he's, he's paid the ultimate price. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I just, just for legal reasons, just for legal reasons, I have to say, when I was talking about the brick through the window, it was John Lennon that threw the brick through the window, not George Harrison. But all th- they all drove round there in um, the John Lennon's Rolls Royce. John Lennon hopped over a fence. They wanted to have a fight with McCartney. <laughs> this is true, 1969. They wanted to have a fight with McCartney. He either wouldn't open the door or wasn't in. So John Lennon climbed over the wall and lobbed a brick through the window. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. That's known as Liverpool rules, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just typing this on Twitter to make it fact. <laughs> I'm just looking at the front page of The Sun. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Your mate's this. Oh, dear. What dear. is she doing to that sheepskin rug? <laughs> She's, um, I don't, th- uh, mm, yeah, I've got to watch my tongue because we know that your kids listen to this show now. Maybe we've been a little bit They too won't long. be listening for half an hour. Oh, in that case, that, that, anyway, right. No, anyway, yeah, so. Um, there's not a lot in the papers today, there if I'm completely really. honest. There's, I mean, that's... Two lots of boobs on two different pages. Hey, so there's, there's, there's some boobs, which kind of suggests that there isn't an awful lot else going on. I did find something. Oh, oh. good news for fans of Kim Jong Il. He's not. No, he's Ill. Kim Jong Il's dead, mate. Oh, King Jong Un. Yeah, he's Yong-un. quite ill. He's made his first public appearance in September the 3rd. We Scotch- all thought he was dead. We thought he'd overdosed on cheese. No. The tyrant, son of dead dictator Kim Jong-il... That's the fella. ...turned up at a housing development after last being seen oh. in public at a concert on September the 3rd. He's probably been on his holidays. Yeah. This disappearance sparked speculation about his health, including reports he had everything from gout to a brain hemorrhage. Some people said his sister had replaced him. He's, he's had a gastric band in China. That's what I read in you one reckon? of the newspapers. That's what I thought, I just yeah. keep making up the most ridiculous rumours <clears throat> to try and make him sound less dangerous. Uh, hey, guys, he's still quite dangerous. I would love to go to North Korea. I've said this before. I would love to go, and you can. You can book holidays to yeah, North Korea. Whether you come back or not is another matter. Well, that's another matter, isn't it? That's another matter. I wonder how much a, a, a holiday... To North Korea is you 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 do something while well, I'll do this. How much is a is a holly bobs to North Korea? In the sun, there's a double page spread on the new recruits of The Apprentice. Is anyone going to be watching that? I think I know how it'll go. I think I'll leave it. I'm bored of The Apprentice now. I'm bored of all of that nonsense. Hey, look, there's look at the brochure. It looks good, doesn't it? It looks beautiful. If you like big um, pointy statues, yeah. That looks beautiful. Mm. How much is it going to cost me though? That's uh, 1,200 quid for a six-day tour. Christmas in North Korea. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Christmas in North Korea. 1,200 quid uh, for a six-day tour. No cameras. No. (laughs) A June, North Korea short break. 1,100 quid. Oh, mate, we've got to go. We have got to go to North Korea. It looks beautiful. Look at that. Yeah, but they will show you the nice pictures, won't they? Look at that. Stunning. That's kind of the point of North Korea. You expect Korea. it to, you know, look like Soviet Russia in the 1970s. It, it might look like Soviet Russia. Those photos never make it out. Did you... I sent you the uh, footage of the pornographic dancing from Bob the wow. Builder. Wow. Um, not Bob the Builder. <coughs> Postman, Postman Pat. Pat. Sorry, yeah, Bob, Bob the, the Builder. Bob the Builder dances in a purely wasn't innocent it, fashion. Wasn't it vulgar? That film I was terrible. I don't really know how else you could interpret that dance apart from... There's a there's a boy dancing on uh, the Postman Pat movie on the X Factor, and uh, he flaps his hand in front of his leg to imply uh, that something's blowing in the wind. Yes. Either that or he's dropped one and he's whacking. <laughs> but it was horrible. Anyway, there's a fuori now about new Bob the Builder. Oh. He's been. Re- oh. Yeah, they've changed him. Have a you bit. seen him? Yeah. Well, that's not Bob the Builder. That's that's actually a bloke. Yeah, he doesn't look like a cute little person anymore. 
Oh, to a generation of TV viewers, he's the man who can fix just about anything. But now Bob the Builder himself has been renovated. Oh, dear. Oh, he look, fans on Facebook say he looks like he might vote to UKIP. What? Well, this is to make it, this is to sell it in the States, isn't it? This is to sell it in the States. And they've got why, rid of Morrissey. Why, why don't they like cute? Why don't they like cute little builder men in the States? Well, I don't know. Mariah Carey. Now, uh, Mariah Carey has got um, uh, um, a wonky face. Well, yes, she, she'll she, only sit on one side of the camera. Oh, she'll only sit on one side of the camera. But she's, I mean, she has, I've, I've got, um, I've got a lot of time for Mariah Carey. Can you sing seven octaves? No, I don't think so. Are you hot and uh, mental at the same time? Right, I well, know that she can sing seven octaves. Does she have to do that in every single song? That's all I'm saying. Sometimes it's very hard to pick out the tune. She really has... Um, let's just say, we were talking about Greg's earlier on, and... Um, well, she's having personal problems. In that case, we move on. Her husband has um, been cheating on her, Aye. and she's been announcing it in concerts. Ooh. So let's just say she's not in a good place, and maybe... Maybe the eclairs are helping. Nice picture of uh, David Cameron with some people blacked up. Wow. Yeah. PM. It's Morris dancing, though, isn't it? So that's tradition. It's, it, now, I always thought the Morris dancing black face was, uh, was coal as opposed to black people. It's supposed to represent coal miners. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, so then there's no, there's no problem, really. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Bonnie, prominent black playwright Bonnie Greer took to Twitter to call Mr Cameron a jerk for posing for the pictures. Um, she's got no problem with the troop, but she said the Prime Minister should have shown more sensitivity and awareness, particularly during... Who knows what month this is, guys? Black History Month. Black History Month. And what have we learnt in, in Black History Month so far? Not a lot. Not a lot. Goodbye, Mr Chips. Boris urged to ban takeaways five minutes walks from school gates. Come on. This one again. Chippies and burger joints will be banned from opening within five minutes walk of school under plans to beat child obesity. They won't. London Mayor Boris Johnson is being urged to stop takeaways setting up close to school gates. And they're going to close the corner shops and the supermarkets as well, exactly. yeah? I mean, because where I live, there is a massive supermarket and the kids just go and buy... I've seen them walking home from school with huge bottles of pop. Yeah, four packets of Haribo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, they won't have those four. They're no. mine. Yeah. Um, family size, buckets of donuts. Beautiful. You know, all that kind of thing. So why don't you just, I mean, as parents, just know what your kids have got in their pockets? It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Don't, don't give them enough money to go and buy that and uh, tell them, you know, give them a nice... They don't eat their tea. You know they've been eating somewhere else. My little boy. That's assuming you're having tea with them. My little boy. Oh, look at that little dig there. No, no, but I mean, I guess that's the. I guess that's the problem. My my youngest last night we were having lovely bit of roast lamb. Oh, beautiful, beautiful bit of roast lamb. And he had um, he he has trouble. He puts too much food in his mouth and he can't cope with it. It's a common thing. But so he had this food in his mouth and he was chewing it for and said, "Daddy, I don't like it." I said, okay, well, do you want to spit it out? It's not that he didn't like it, he just got fed up with chewing it. Yeah. So he didn't just spit it out, he sicked up. Oh. Like, proper, the food came out, and then the food he'd eaten 20 minutes ago came out. Oh. Sick, right? And I'm there catching it. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that the sign of a parent? (laughs) Catching the sick. Once upon a time, you ran away from sick, now you catch it. And then, and then he sucked, he sucked it all up. Oh. He sicked it all, no, he sicked it all up, and then he went straight back into the meal. He then got another bit of lamb on a fork and shoved that in his gob. Kids are animals, aren't they? He didn't even rinse his mouth out. Disgusting. Move just keep moving. Till I don't know. 
Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, very heavy moving at the moment between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. In Dunstable, very heavy at the moment on the A5, the High Street North, just around Church Street on the census this morning. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also rather heavy anti-clockwise between 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Count. Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 6.45, it's Tuesday the 14th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young girls on their way to school. The incidents, which happened earlier this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. And a family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. We'll speak to Justin Dealey after the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather damp and drizzly start to the day. There's a lot of moisture in the air and it's just rather dull. But it is a slow improvement to yesterday. The rain is less intense. It's a little more light, drizzly and the wind is certainly less strong. So it is an improvement. Uh, just no real sunshine to speak of. Perhaps a little bit of brightness later on this afternoon. The further north you go, you may get a glimmer or two of sunshine. But that in turn could spark off one or two potentially quite heavy showers so you're never very far away from the rain maximum temperature getting up to around 16 celsius overnight tonight so eventually any showers remaining will die away mainly dry we could get a bit of mist and fog developed by dawn tomorrow morning we have i should say actually got a bit of mist and fog this morning over towards the children's parts of buckinghamshire it is quite murky in some areas there and it does spring up from on you from nowhere so extra care needed out on the roads this morning similar start tomorrow and then as we head through the day, we're going to get our next frontal system bringing with it some heavy rain through tomorrow afternoon. Maximum temperature 15 Celsius, and that's your forecast. Thank you, Kate. Every weekday morning, local opinions. Well, I think it's a very difficult uh, proposition. You really cannot l- allow your heart to rule your head. Local stories. I wanted to call my house Hardcore Mansions. They refused that on two separate occasions. I wasn't leaving the house through the fear as to what I would find when I came back. Local life. I bought a car within three months. It's rusty. They said that the deposit would be forthcoming. It wasn't. The JVS Show. Weekdays from 9 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin. Hey, boss. Can we, now, listen, we were going to... I said to... Get Justin up after the weather. We'll go straight to Jay Dewar. I can find mm. out what's going on on the yeah. streets. But I was, I, I've just seen the next song in the playing order is uh, one chosen by Catherine Boyle. It's Mr. Uh, Ant, Adam Ant, and uh, his pop group, The Ants, mm-hmm. and the Stand and Deliver song. Oh, handsome. I, I got told off um, because uh, my uh, eldest boy, he had, uh, like, a scarf around his face, and I went, oh, you look like a highwayman. Yeah. And my wife, no, no, he doesn't. He looks like a, a, an Arctic explorer. I said, no, he looks like a highwayman. Mm. What's a highwayman, Daddy? And I said, well, a highwayman, back in the days before there were cars, would ride a horse and go up to horse uh, carriages and uh, steal all of their gold. they say, stand and deliver your money or your life. Mm. Mm. I got a right royal rollicking for that. What, for you... introducing, I mean, for it's history. For introducing armed robbery to my, young, my eldest, yeah. Would you like a local fact? A local fact <laughs> on here? I would love a 
local okay, fact. Here we go. Dick Turpin stopped, stopped in a pub here once. <laughs> no, Snooks was the last highwayman oh. to be hung in this country. Hanged. Hanged. <laughs> okay, and the stone is still there in Hemel Hempstead. Oh. And if you run round it, I think, ten times, yeah. a ghost will appear. No, it won't. It will. Well, it won't. And you say the stone. What stone? Uh, well, the stone where he was hung. Hanged. 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 What, what, what do you mean? What he was—he would have been hanged on a gallows. Well, that point there is a stone. Local people back me up here, and the ghost of Snoops no, right. is still well, there. We'll get—we'll well, get to the the nonsense of the ghost in a second. I don't get what this stone is. Well, it, it was where he was hung, hanged, whatever you want to call it, both. where he was killed. He was the last what? highwayman did they in put this the, country. Did they put the stone there after he was hanged? Yeah, because it's it's historic. Right. He was the last one in this country. But so how do we know that that... But when did they put the stone there? I don't know, but it's there. It's a, it's a white stone in a field in Hemel Hempstead. Snooks. They, there used to be a pub called Snooks in Hemel as well. OK, you're veering. That's now gone. focus on the target here, of yeah. this stone. Yeah. I don't get the stone. When, when was the stone? Because I could put a stone in a field and say, mm, mm. oh, um... Uh, Billy Wobbles, the um, the last. It's fact. Not Billy fiction. Wobbles was 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 hanged here. Anybody? You'd have to be pretty sure he was the last one. So maybe I'm I'm guessing what three years. I don't know. I don't know when it was. I'm just saying he was the last. They couldn't have one. done it immediately. No, because you wouldn't be sure that it was last one. They yeah. had ten a penny back then. Anybody they? who knows their history locally will phone you this morning to back me up here. It's a very very famous story. And apparently, if you run round that stone, I no, believe ten times. Don't I believe, forget no, that. He, he will come back. He will come back. Well, mate, he won't because uh, otherwise uh, kids will be will be going over there drinking hooch, smoking a doobie, mm. and then running around ten well, times and talking to the what? ghosts of Snooks and Billy Wobbles. That's what they do. Hey, this was prime highway man stroke woman territory. Do you know about the wicked lady of Marky 8 Cell? Oh, no, I don't, but she sounds wonderful. You know this one, don't you, Justin? Oh, I don't know this one, no. There was a lady, a Lady Catherine. Oh. Hang on. Marky 8, which is very, very nearby. There's a place called Marky 8 Cell, which I believe they've just sold. It says home people still live in. Yeah. But the story goes that she was left in some sort of financial need. I, Let's call it civil war. Yeah. And so she took to going out and robbing people. Wicked lady. They made a film out of it in black and white, so it must be true. Yes. Yes. I do remember this story now. Uh, uh, Justin, so just give me the story one more time, the facts, because you're only dealing facts, not fiction. Right. Okay. Snooks was the last highwayman to be hanged in this country. He sounds like um, that um, woman in My Fair Lady. He's trying to... Anyway, uh, J- uh, Justin, mm. let's let Janet, has Justin got it right? He was the last highwayman to be hanged, yes, at Boxmoor, which is part of Hemel Hempstead now. But I think the stone is where he was buried. Oh, oh yeah, Justin. burial stone, Justin, instead Sorry. of a hanging stone. So, so, Well, listen, I was almost there. Well, no, you're miles off. <laughs> and Janet, what's this nonsense about running around it ten times and smoking a doobie? Well... I don't live near Boxmoor, so Justin, because he's associations with Hemel Hempstead, may know the stories. I don't know any story about that at no, all. No, it's, 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 it's made up nonsense. No, it's, it's not. Do you know, do you know where Billy Wobbles <laughs> was, was hanged, Janet? I have no idea. OK, thank you very much indeed. Well, Justin, anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, as I say, we, we, we will come to you. Mm. This isn't your bit. OK. Uh, but we're going to play Adam and the Ant, Stand and Deliver. Yeah. I got in such trouble yesterday. My little boy, my eldest, he had a scarf up around his face. <laughs> really? And um, I said, oh, you look like a highwayman. No, you look like an Arctic explorer. That, well, no. And I said, and then he said, what's a highwayman? I told him, it's before um, cars, uh, these people would ride on horses and they would stop 
horse and carts, and they would go, stand and deliver your money or your life. I got right roll rollicking for that. What are you telling that. him about armed robbery for? I know. Heaven's sake. You got any stories about highwaymen, Just? Uh, yes, yeah, Snooks uh, from Hemel Hempstead. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Apparently he was the uh, last highwayman to be hanged in this country. And if you run round the stone ten times, uh, you will bring him back. What stone? It's a stone in the middle of a field where, where people go and smoke doobies and run round the stone. But what, why, what is the stone for? Well, um, two things. It's either... We believe where he was actually hanged. I don't think it was that. Or it was where he was buried. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, anyway, Justin, this isn't your bit. Yeah. We're going to um, come to your bit in a second. Lovely. First of all, we're going to play a song by Mr. Adam Ant. Oh, anthem. And the Ants. Yeah. Stand and deliver. Cracking. Hey, I tell you something. Yesterday. Justin. Great tune. Now listen, we've got a mish for you. Yeah, Catherine, go what's Justin's mish? 
Spice Girls, Melanie Chisholm, also known as Mel C. You may be aware of her work in Traxlacks during the 1990s. I love Mel C. She came and said hello to me at the recent Radio Academy Awards. Yeah, isn't she beautiful? She's stunning, mm. absolutely stunning. Anyway, she's not very happy with Rihanna. She won't let her little girl see um, Rihanna's pop videos because she says they're too raunchy, too sexy. She says it's a shame that such a talented, successful woman expresses herself in such an overtly sexual way. It's in the new Radio Times magazine, that's why it's come out. I have heard her say this before, and I kind of agree with her. I was at a party recently and they had MTV on and they let the kids dance in front of it. I wish they'd been watching what was actually on MTV. The turning point for me in pop videos... Um, Sabrina. Well, I think that was a one-off. Well, a two-off. Video, though. Great video. Um, boys, boys, boys. Mm. Looking for a good time. I don't know well, what that meant. The, t- <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the turning point for me was Beyonce... Um, dan, 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 dan. I remember I was working on a breakfast TV show and I went in the next day and said, oh my God, I've seen the most amazing pop video. It's like a porn film. <laughs> and it was that. It was incredible. Lots of dropping it like it's hot. Yeah, and, and they're, all, they're all like... So what do we want Justin to do? Um... Go and recreate the Beyond, the Rihanna video. Yes. Our, our pop video is too sexy, is the yeah. kind of thing. What do you reckon, Justin? Is, I, I is think Rihanna too rude? I think they are. I think they are now. I think, you know, uh, back in the days of uh, innocent pop videos, it would always be about the song, first of all, then the video. Nowadays, it's about trying to make the video as outrageous and as, as sexy as possible. So people like us and other media outlets, we talk about it, and it gets them publicity. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. But I think you came up with the question, is Rihanna too rude? I yeah. think that's... It. That's okay. what we'll go for, and uh, maybe see if they'd let their kids watch the videos. Thank you, Josh. Speak to you later. Ta ta. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, heading southbound, very slow moving on the speed sensors between Junction 11 at Dunstable Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. In Dunstable, very heavy moving on the A5, the High Street North, just around Church Street. And also take a look at the M25, heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving at the moment between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. In Brickettwood is starting to build up on the North Orbital Road, just at Junction 21A for the M25. And on camera, the Barnet Bypass in Borehamwood that's starting to build between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Nicola. Well, you can take your calls on this. You can give us a call if you want. Is Rihanna too rude? Do you let your kids watch the pop videos? They're, they are a bit mucky but, 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 but isn't pop supposed to be rebellious? Aren't we supposed to hate what our kids like? Aren't we? I think when there are thongs involved... You yeah. want songs. Yeah, so the song song. That was a good tune. <laughs> um, anyone remember Tattoo, guys? Yes. Hey? Oh, They ta- weren't, were they? No, they weren't. No, unfortunately. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire Police still hunting potential child abductor. Screening for Ebola starts at Heathrow. And Hertfordshire family want change to paternity leave. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached a number of young girls on their way to school. One of the incidents, which happened earlier this year near Ardley Hill Academy in Dunstable, was featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. Jeanette is the mother of a nine-year-old at the school 
Pascal, who was a more recent victim of an attempted abduction. Well, he's still quite traumatised about it. He's holding my hand really tight now and saying to me, make sure the bad man doesn't get me. The bad man's not following us, is he? The bad man's not going to be about. Is the bad man knowing where I live? The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin this morning. Border staff at Heathrow's Terminal 1 will question anyone who's come from the worst affected countries. More from Richard Westcott. There are no direct flights to the UK from Guinea, Liberia or Sierra Leone, but around 1,000 passengers a week come via Paris and Brussels. They'll all be questioned by Border Force staff and health professionals who can check for signs of Ebola, especially a high temperature. By the end of next week, screening will be extended to all of Heathrow, Gatwick and Eurostar services. The government says that should cover nine in every ten people travelling to the UK from the danger area. Police are appealing for witnesses after yesterday morning's fatal crash on the M25 in Hertfordshire. A 37-year-old man died after his black VW Passat hit a barrier on the anti-clockwise carriageway between junctions 22 and 21 at 6.30. The Environment Agency has issued a flood alert for the River Lee at Luton, Harpenden and Wheat Hampstead. Meanwhile, police and the fire service in Hertfordshire say they took numerous calls to deal with flooding in the east of the county yesterday evening. A woman was rescued from her car by firefighters and the A602 at Tonwell only reopened in the early hours of this morning. A family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. More from Sophie Solaria. Baby Jensen was born on the 10th of August, 11 weeks early. The family decided to take paternity leave once Jensen came home from hospital, but say they were told it was too late because of government rules about taking it within 56 days. They say they've met other families with babies in neonatal who are in the same position and would like the law changed so that exceptions can be made for very premature babies. The Chancellor, George Osborne, has said this to be a further relaxation of the rules governing private pension pots in future, say, will be able to withdraw all or some of their pension whenever they choose. In sport, Wales are top of their qualifying group for Euro 2016 after beating Cyprus 2-1 in Cardiff. The weather starting wet and overcast but becoming drier and brighter. Still the chance of a heavy shower later though. A maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day, and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With Robert Webb and Neil Morrissey talking about their new West End play, and a very sweet dog called Esther who's desperately looking for a home. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel, and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC. Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. There once was a wealthy man who had a wonderful idea to bring children from all places with all kinds of faces together into a sailing ship. There were 40 boys and girls. Sail their ship around the globe, so they called it the United World. The ship was just three weeks from shore when a hurricane bore it down. The waves were big as mountains. They found they would surely drown. They jumped into 
Based on a true story, apparently. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's five minutes part seven. It is cold, it is wet, it is miserable, and boy, oh boy, I love it. I love it. Do you like this weather, Danny? No. Oh, Catherine, you like this weather, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I do. I like autumn. This reminds you of home, doesn't it? Yeah. The miserable north. Could do with a bit wetter, a bit bleaker. Yeah, well, we're going up there today, aren't we? To the miserable north. Yippee! To see the poor. The motherland. Ah, should we take, I mean, should we take um, Polaroid cameras to blow their minds? Should we take them, um, I don't know, food? What, what, do we, what do we take them? How long has it been since you've been up north? Um, I've never been. Seems to come on a lot, quite a lot. Wowzers. Wowzers. One of the coolest things in my life, right? One of the coolest things ever was when I was in Pakistan. When was this? This was uh, 19... I just seen one of the coolest things ever. What was that? Tony Blackburn. Hey! 1996, went to Pakistan, right? Filming in this village where they had nothing, nothing. Fair play, we were exploiting them. I, I will carry that shame to my grave. But I had a Polaroid camera. Before digital cameras, we blew the children's mind with the magic photograph machine. They couldn't believe it. You took the thing, the little black piece of paper came out, and they were disappointed. Their faces as the pictures appeared. It was magical. Come in here, fella. Come on. Look, we're stopping. I still this. quite fancy one of those. We'll, we'll They're get expensive, one. aren't they? What on earth are you doing? I'm going to stop. This look. Hang on. Here we go. Look. I've been listening. To, I've been listening to you on the way up. You're right. I think that, I think there should be a, a two MTV channels. One yeah. for those of us who want our pop stars to wear more clothes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of clothes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you know, jumpers and uh, <laughs> big coats. <laughs> and there should be another one that yeah. wants us to have the ordinary videos. It's as simple as that. You're out of breath, and you've literally just walked from the car. Yes. Tony. This is not a good sign. <laughs> for goodness' sakes. I'm in very bad condition. You look, but, you're a bit poorly. No, no. Okay. No, I'll be all right. No, just no, 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 not too bad, okay, no. Okay. Well, I had the flu jab, and I haven't quite got over that. Doesn't the, the but, flu jab gives you the flu, doesn't it? Well, my doctor says no, but it, it has given me strange symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you start, you've yeah. started being funny. Well, no, no unfortunately, it has, that hasn't worked. But, uh, but you know, I mean, I, I, I was listening to you on the way up. Yeah. It's a simple process, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. MTV One, more clothes, lots of clothes. But MTV Two, no, hardly any clothes. The knitwear channel. You, you know which one would get all the viewers, though? Well, the, the one the, the, with the people who want the clothes But on. then you go back to the 60s, the invention yep. of the miniskirt. And boy, oh boy, didn't people um, get excited at the, the, the miniskirt. I did. It never quite suited me, but I still, <laughs> you know, sort of persisted with it. And I still got it in the cupboard. And next week, if you like, I'll wear it in for you. Tony Blackburn. What, uh, you're, you're on uh, Sunday mornings, aren't you? Sunday here? mornings, yeah. Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's Tuesday morning, so I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Yes, it's, it's just preparation time. Thank I you. do preparation for my show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, let me look that word up on the dictionary. I'll get back to you later on. See you later, Tony. Bye. Ta-ta. Tony Blackburn. He just owned you. Yeah, he did totally own you. You were toned. That was, <laughs> that was the voice of professionalism, dear listener. Danny, we'll clip that and we'll have that in the podcast, anyway, please. it's all his fault with Pan's people. Yeah. <laughs> 
Dan's people started it, didn't they? Anyway, look, we should start the show, should we? Go then. Thank you very much indeed. Lots coming up on the show. We'll talk about uh, our pop videos a little bit too mucky later on. But Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached a number of young girls on their way to school. One of the incidents, which happened earlier this year in the Adley Hill Academy in Dunstable, was featured on 24 Hours in Police Custody last night. Jeanette is the mother of a nine-year-old boy at the school who was a recent victim of an attempted abduction. She spoke to our reporter, Tony Fisher. Oh, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. Well, I've been walking into school all the time, obviously, because he's, like, in lower school. But now, since it's changed to an academy, I thought I would let him walk the last little bit on his way when there's no roads to cross on his own because he would have done that if he'd have been in middle school. He would have walked to school on his own like all his brothers and sisters did. And I'd let him walk down by the co-op while I was with him. And then from the co-op to here, he was walking on his own. He'd done that since September. Um, I got home, started drinking a cup of coffee, got a phone call, get down to school immediately. And a man in a blue car had pulled over from the other side of the road onto this side of the road, got out of the car and tried to approach my child. My child kicked him and ran to the school. Your child, your son kicked him? Yeah. How did you feel? Well, absolutely gutted, but glad he'd done the right thing because he'd kicked him and got away. And since then, now I've heard about lots of other children being followed in cars. So do you think this man was following your son? I don't know if it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. I'm not too sure what's happened, you know, but it was a man in a blue car who got out of the car, tried to approach my son. And what do you think he was trying to do? have no idea. I wouldn't like to guess what he was going to try and do, but why would an adult try and approach a nine-year-old boy who he didn't know? So he, got, he, he was on the way to school, he got to school safely, you yeah, came Yeah, he around. got to school. I was down here within five minutes and then the police were called and then the police took a statement off my son with one of the teachers present because it happened. they came at one point during the day when I was at home yeah. and then okay. the school informed me that the police had been. Yeah, okay. But yeah. And he's year five, isn't he's he? He's year five. Okay. And so now, do you what, what? What do you do now? Do you let now? Him walk I walk on? into school and I stay with him until <laughs> that gate is locked. Right. Okay. And Just like have... I'd done previously since he was at nursery yeah. to the end of year four. But yeah. yeah, it's a bit sad though that you can't. It's really sad because, as I said, I've got three other children and they had all in year five gone to middle school and walked on their own and walked with their friends and. You know, that's their bit of independence from the age of nine. They've always been allowed to go down the shop. And now you just can't do it. So how, how's he feeling now? Because the, the head said he was a little bit shaken up. Yeah, well, he's still quite traumatised about it. He's holding my hand really tight now and saying to me, make sure the bad man doesn't get me. The bad man's not following us, is he? The bad man's not going to be about. Is the bad man knowing where I live? Well, that's Jeanette speaking about her nine-year-old boy to our reporter, Tony Fisher, joined now by Anastasia Duval, who is chair of the charity Family Lives and specialises in family and education. Morning, Anastasia. Good morning. Uh, what's Hi. your reaction to what you've just heard? Well, I guess it's twofold, really. You know, nothing takes away from the frighteningness of something potentially happening to your child. And we know that, you know, this sort of story actually often leads to parents being more worried. On the other hand, we don't actually know what happened in that incident. We don't know what the man in the car was about to do. Luckily, the boy did the right thing and ran off. But we've got to get a balance here between using common sense, 
being vigilant, being realistic about the fact that there are dangers. Although I would say actually probably the biggest danger is still road danger in terms of getting hit by a car. But at the same time, not actually getting it to the stage where we're so paranoid. And actually, we imbue our kids with fear because one of the striking things about that reporting was that the child is now really worried and is sure that that man was going to do something bad. So we need to be careful that we're not actually making kids completely worried about real life and the outside world, but at the same time, as I say, being realistic about it. Yes, it's that thing of, 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 um, the the, the people often say, oh, there are are so many more paedophiles than there there were 50 years ago. I don't know if that's actually true. I think we're just perhaps uh, more aware of it because of of the coverage it gets. So it's that balance, isn't it, of giving the child sensible advice and safe advice and not scaring them. It sounds like the boy, though, if he was concerned, sounds like he may have done the right thing. Yeah, I mean, kicking the guy, perhaps, I mean, maybe that was the right thing at the time. We don't really know the level of threat that the boy felt that he was under. I think the main thing is, and, you know, this is being imbued in kids and we should really keep doing it, is don't talk to strangers. Certainly you don't go off with strangers. We need to keep hammering home those messages. In terms of the number of paedophiles, I think you're right. Actually, we know statistically that if we looked at the population, let's say, 50 years ago, when it was deemed to be much safer, there's no evidence that there were fewer paedophiles then. It's just that we know much more about them. We've got much more awareness around this as a danger for kids. Police have stepped up patrols in the area uh, um, and the school has sent out emails encouraging pupils not to walk alone. Is there much more that can be done? I think one of the things that really needs to happen is that obviously this is ideal, but that we need to find out what this guy was trying to do because actually that's still not that clear. And I think it's, that Anastasia, it's, it's, it's pretty odd for a gentleman to be approaching children uh, uh, several times over a period of months, isn't it? Uh, uh, I, I can't imagine what the um, legitimate reason would be. Surely it's got to be sure something that- suspicious. No, I'm sure there isn't a legitimate reason, but one of the things that would really help the police is if they were clear about what his motives were. I mean, you know, our assumption is, and it probably is the right one, that it's something to do with something really horrible like paedophilia. But it may be another kind of crime. Why that matters is because what we want the police to be able to do is not to say to everybody, right, now you've got a sort of self-inflicted curfew in your homes, you have to only leave your house with a parent. We want actually to find this guy. That's why it matters. Because if we understand the motive better, we might be able to find a person. And obviously for a community, that's the important thing. The other thing to emphasise is we don't want this community to feel that suddenly life isn't safe. We want them to feel there's somebody out there who's a problem. Hopefully the police will be able to identify them. And then hopefully they can go back to normal lives where, yes, you're vigilant, but you don't actually, as I say, have to be a prisoner in your own home. No. If there was a kid, a, a guy approaching kids uh, near my son's school I would be um, I would be rightfully anxious and I wouldn't care what his motive was I would want him arrested and stopped well that's the point though as I said it's not about whether the motive is better or worse it's about trying to understand you know the job now of the police is to find the guy if they're if they've got the wrong as it were approach in terms of who they're looking for so, for example, if they're looking at people who've committed a particular crime rather than another one, then that could be problematic in terms of finding them. The point is that, obviously, this is having a hugely negative effect on the community. It's something which is really frightening people. This guy needs to be caught. And so what I'm saying is that we need to find every possible understanding of who this person is. And so if we have a very narrow picture of what we assume this person was trying to do, that may actually curtail the investigation and make it less effective. Anastasia, nice to talk to you. Anastasia Duval, uh, chair of the charity Family Lives. Uh, your thoughts on that, please? 
08459 455 555. All I know is, if there was some bloke going up to kids outside my son's school and scaring them, well, that's enough for me to know I'd want to find that fella. I'm not saying I'd want to find him and pummel him into the ground, but I'd want to find him and I'd want to make him stop doing that through all the legal channels. I don't want to particularly understand why he's doing it. I'd want my boys not to be frightened. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting to build up now on the Great North Road, approaching the Black Cat roundabout where those roadworks are continuing. Very heavy now on the A1M, heading southbound just around Junction 8 for Stevenage. Also, the M1 is building on the speed sensors at the moment between Junction 11 Dunstable Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And taking a look so far at the M25, it's queuing at the moment between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and Junction 16, the M40. And on a camera, the Barnet Bypass is looking heavy southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. Right, 7.17. It is Tuesday, the 14th of October. Unlucky for some. I'm Ian Lee. Oh, no, that's Friday. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young girls on their way to school. The incidents, which happened earlier this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. And a family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey guys, you know radio's really good. Well, turn it off! On BBC One. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. The bold. I walk the walk, I talk the talk, and I dance the dance. The brash. My absolute worst nightmare is getting to age 40 with a 50 grand salary. And the brazen. I'm not arrogant, because what I'm saying is all true. Would you uh, send the candidates in place? Yes, the Apprentice is back. Shut up. You are a total shambles. You're fired. Tonight at nine on BBC One and BBC One HD. Yeah, don't listen to the radio, watch the television. You kind of get the idea of that series from that little thing there, so well, you, you don't need to watch it. You kind of... I used to love The Apprentice. I don't think I've watched the last two, and I've not watched the last two series of Dragon's Den, because I get it. I get it now. I under- OK, yeah, I've got the format. Right, OK. If I want to be irritated for half an hour yeah. a week, I just yeah. turn the telly off. Yeah, I, d- I... Listen to what's going on around me. I don't watch telly anymore. Sorry? <laughs> Danny, you're, you're, you're a woman, you're intuitive. Was, um, was Catherine just having a dig at me or not? No, no, she wouldn't do that. Nice one, mate, no. thank you. I'm glad you're here. Uh, yeah, I don't watch telly anymore. Isn't, what, what's on? I mean, we watched, we watched the end of the awful Postman Pat movie yesterday. Ugh. Absolutely. And that was horrible. The Post and Pat movie was horrible. It was full of, um... The, well, I, I sent you the clip yeah. of the dancer pretending... With that, the swinging leg. Yeah, the swinging, the, the swinging leg. Well, then there's a bit where there's a robot postman Pat singing and what there are for? loads of sexy postwomen what? in hot pants. What for? Postman Pat was a gentle tale of country life. The most exciting thing that happened was someone's hat blew off and let's leave it at that. There was nothing wrong with it. He didn't need a last name. He didn't need a helicopter. Leave him alone. At no point 
did I ever expect in my life to be the father of two boys and to be watching a Postman Pat movie and the younger one going, Look, Daddy, here come the killer robots! In a Postman Pat movie! It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, on to perhaps slightly more important things. Although the, the, the Postman Pat movie will, will be a problem they'll encounter in a few years' time, I guarantee it. A new dad from Welling Garden City has lost his entitlement to paternity leave because he wanted to take it once his premature baby was home from hospital. Little Jensen was born 11 weeks early and was very, very poorly. So his parents thought they'd save their leave until they could all be home together. But Dad's bosses had other ideas and they insist that any paternity leave should have been taken within 56 days of the birth. Well, Jensen's mum, Kirsty, joins me now. Morning, Kirsty. Morning. So, how old is how old is Jensen now? He's nine weeks and two days. And and how's he doing? Um, hopefully he's coming home today. Hey, that's exciting. I know. So I think I've had my last good night's sleep. Yeah, get, yeah that's yeah for the next. Well, I'm, I'm four <laughs> and a half years in, and I've I've not had a good night's sleep since. The weird, the, the, is this your first child? Yes. The weirdest thing ever we found was, because um, when you're in the hospital, you've got family and you've got nurses and people all around you. The first time you take the baby home and plonk the, the, the carry cot on the, the floor and you kind of look and go, I don't know what to do now. What do we do with it? <laughs> must be really exciting then. You must be over the moon. Yes, we are, yeah. So, he, so he's been in hospital for, for nine and a half weeks then? Yes, he has, yeah. And he's, he's all up to strength and he's, he's doing really well? Um, yeah, he's doing as well as we could possibly hope. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's really good news. What's, what's going on with this paternity leave then, Kirsty? What's the problem? Well, basically, the normal um, period you have is 56 days after the birth. There are exceptions. The government have been good. Um, you can actually take it in the case of a premature birth up to eight weeks after the due date. Um, which in our case, the due date's actually the 25th of October. So, right. you know, we actually have plenty of time. Um, but Gosh, he was born early, wasn't he? Yes, he Flipping was. <laughs> um, but most companies aren't aware and are still enforcing it. I've spoke to parents in the unit and, you know, even really helpful companies that have been trying their best to accommodate dads are saying, you know, you've got to take your paternity leave soon. Your 56 days is going to be up just because they're not aware so when did and we're not mentioning your, your, your fella's name because we, we you know we're not speaking to the company and we, we, we don't really want to um, you know say anything necessarily bad about them specifically but when did you both find out that there were there was a problem um, we'd always said he'd always said to his employer you know uh, there's no point taking it now we're going to need it when he comes home you know he's going to need a lot of care and that was always fine. It was two weeks ago when we found out, you know, he'd be coming home soon, which was great. He went in, said to work, you know, I'm going to need my paternity leave soon. And uh, his HR company, uh, HR for his company, turned around and said, you've lost your entitlement. The baby's too old. Uh, disappointing, to say the least. Which, it's more frustrating that when you're already going through a very stressful situation, you then have to go home research, find out that you are still entitled to it and then have this ongoing fight to get what you're entitled to. Mm. Kirsty, stay there. We're joined by Elizabeth Duff, who is the Senior Policy Advisor at the NCT. Morning, Elizabeth. Morning, Ian and Kirsty. Does, does this story sound familiar to you? Well, it, 
It sounds. First of all, can I say congratulations to to Kirsty and her husband and and on their baby, and also such a relief, and we're so pleased for you. It sounds as though uh, Elizabeth, you 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 did what I did. I I stopped myself from saying husband. I've got no idea if they're married or not. None of my business. But I I think we're quite old fashioned, Elizabeth. (laughs) I think I think we I think we're showing our age by saying assuming husbands and things like that. Anyway, it's 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 good news that he's coming home, isn't it? It absolutely is. And uh, partner, baby's father, whatever. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the paternity leave. Um, I, I work for NCT, as you know, and we have been working with the government department this, um, on this. And all their, to be fair, they have made efforts recently to um, look at paternity leave. We wanted them to extend it and to make it more widely eligible. That didn't happen. What did happen, which is uh, a bit of a step forward, um, is some more flexible offerings around shared parental leave, um, which might possibly be helpful to uh, Kirsty's family. I'm being careful now. Yes, well um, done. And um, I, I'm, I'm not saying this is right. I think it sounds as if the employer here... Um, is uh, looking at the letter of the law and perhaps, as she suggests, getting the letter of the law wrong and certainly not following the spirit of the law. Well, could... Elizabeth, have I got this right? If, if, If someone goes on paternity leave, they're still paid some money, and does some of that money come from the government? Is that how it works? Um, there's statutory pay for both uh, paternity leave and maternity leave. Um, it's, it's not a great deal. It's around £130 a week. It's less than the um, minimum wage, yeah. which is another thing we're campaigning on because we think that's really not very good. Um, and I believe employers in general can claim that back from the government. So it is... The whole thing can be seen as quite a complicated mm, process, oh especially for smaller organisations. And, and could the, could the, the, I mean this this company? And we're, we're not naming them, but this company they could um, they could show a bit of flexibility if they chose to, couldn't they? Yes, of course they can. Yes, um, I'm. I absolutely feel they should, particularly when it it sounds as though. Um, Kirsty's partner has kept them informed, explained what's happening, asked clearly for what he wants for an extremely good reason. Um, and as, as Kirsty was saying, there is there is scope for exemption. Uh, the the regulations are complex, and it's one of the things again we've been saying. Even people who work in HR, who obviously should be up with all these regulations, are finding it quite a struggle. Uh, some some people have come to us asking, you know, what what's happening? Where can I find information? And there are things changing at the moment. We're sort of between legislation being talked about and it coming into force. So there are changes, and it needs. A a, a bit of work. Is but there anything uh, that, that Kirsty can do now, Elizabeth, do you think, to, to, to kind of swing her partner's bosses round? Well, if she, if she believes that the exemption to the 56-day limit uh, applies to her, I would absolutely go back um, very calmly, you know, if possible, not getting um, uh, appearing upset about it, although it is upsetting, but just... Um, find the wording and go back to them saying, actually, uh, this is what applies to us, so please can we have it? Kirsty, I'm, I'm assuming you're not going to let this lie and you're going you're gonna to carry on. I suppose part of the thing is you don't want to upset his boss too much, do you? Well, no, I don't. Equally, I mean, the, the main reason we are pushing it 
is our little boy's coming home on oxygen and needs a lot more monitoring mm. than most babies do. And, you know, I can't do that. I can't be 24 hours a day. I'm great, but I'm not that good. <laughs> um, so you need a second pair of eyes. Yeah. Ultimately, he is going to have to take time off, whether it be unpaid, whether it be paternity pay or annual leave. He has to be here. So, yeah, we will be pushing this. Okay. Well, Kirsty, listen, I, I, I wish you the, the best of luck. Well, boy, oh boy, you're about to start an amazing adventure. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. No, good, you should be. It's really good news. Good luck. Um, I hope everything progresses well. Elizabeth, thank you very much as well. Elizabeth Duff from uh, NCT. 08459 555. Let's get the travel now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's building up at the moment on the Great North Road approaching the Black Cat roundabouts on the sensors. The A1M also building up now between Junction 3 St Albans and Junction 1 for the M25. Taking a look at the M1 this morning on the sensors and it's looking very slow moving at the moment between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and Junction 7 Hemel Hempstead. The M25 heading anti-clockwise on camera heavy going between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. And taking a look at so so far at the local live departure boards for the trains, everything's running to time, not seeing any problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a new nail growing under one of my fingernails. That's good, isn't it? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young girls on their way to school. The incident, which happened earlier this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. Police are appealing for witnesses after yesterday morning's fatal crash on the M25 in Hertfordshire. A 37-year-old man died after his black VW Passat hit the barrier on the anti-clockwise carrier between junctions 22 and 21. And a family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wales are top of their qualifying group for Euro 2016 after beating Cyprus 2-1 in Cardiff. Real Madrid star Gareth Bale says the Welsh are in good form. We knew Bosnia was going to be a difficult game and they're a very good team, which a point is, is a good result. And yeah, we, we definitely thought we could we could beat Cyprus tonight. Obviously, difficult circumstances, but we got the job done, which is, is the most important thing. And, and maybe in, in different campaigns, we wouldn't have won tonight. Elsewhere, Watford duo Matej Vidra and Daniel Pudil were unused subs as the Czech Republic won 4-2 in Kazakhstan. Watford to catch Yanya is an injury down for Scotland's match in Poland tonight. The winger missed training yesterday. MK Don's duo Will Grigg and Ben Reeves are with the Northern Ireland squad in Greece. And also tonight, the Republic of Ireland are away to world champions Germany. Boreham Wood are through to the FA Cup fourth qualifying round after a 1-0 replay win attempt to Frome last night. The Hertfordshire side will travel to Woking in the next round. And in Rugby League, Wigan's Ben Flower faces a minimum eight-game ban after twice punching a St Helens player in Saturday 
Saturday's Super League Grand Final. He faces a disciplinary hearing tonight. There's been debate about whether it should become a police matter, but Hemel Staggs coach Troy Perkins says punishment from the Rugby League authorities should be enough. It's poor by Ben Flower, but I think you're opening up a can of worms if you start bringing police involved. It's a, it's a contact sport and, 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 and some things you know um, that happen on the field maybe shouldn't happen, but, but to take it outside the, the field is, if you let the judiciary deal with it, he's going to get a, a, a big ban and, and um, as I said, he's, he's paid the ultimate price. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Busy show uh, today. It is. Well. It will be. It could be. It might be. Has the potential to be. Let's make it a bit busy with some Texas. Oh, yeah. Well, what are we talking about, first of all? We're talking about the uh, the fact that the um, man who has been approaching children in Dunstable and, we believe, Leighton Buzzard is still at large and how you teach your children to be wary without making them frightened of the world. I can't, I can't, I was slightly confused by our last guest. Maybe I misunderstood. I've got a bit of a, 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 a fuggy head today. But I can't... She said we don't know what he's approaching them for. Well, it can only be for nefarious me, nefarious activities, well, can't actually, it? We've got a theory here from Kay on the text. Oh, it yeah. says, hi Ian, I've been studying psychology for some time now and I find myself looking at things differently. Oh. The guy who's approaching children in Dunstable, although it does sound dodgy, it could be that he has, for instance, lost his own child. Maybe through death oh, or divorce. Hang on. Well, And he's so distraught by the loss of his own child, he sits and watches and talks to other children uh, to bring them closer. No, no. This kind of scenario. No. We do need to try to understand his reasons. No. However scared we are, no. that affects how we find this man. No. I'm a mother of three myself, so I completely understand the fear, but we do need to try and understand. No. no. Love your show. No. Well, yes. OK, in that case, yes, you're absolutely right. Spot on. What an excellent point and so well made. But no, um, because... We heard from that mum of that nine-year-old boy who was, who was scared. That boy was scared. So what this person is doing is completely inappropriate. And nine years old, they're still babies, aren't they? If a nine, I tell you what as well, if a nine-year-old kicked me in the shin or in the goot or whatever because he thought I was going to uh, 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 molest him, good for him. Well done. Well, if he genuinely did it because he thought he's, he was in danger, good for him. Well done. Jodie said it's easy to suggest we don't scare our children with stories of bad men, but many children are naive. What were his motives? Please. What an upstanding, sorry, what upstanding member of the community approaches a young boy like that's alone without the intent of harm? We only need to look into the archives of the media to realise how easy it is for a child to go missing. Bring back those well, adverts with Charlie Says. Well... They stick in my mind and I'm still vigilant as an adult. That's it's Jody. not that easy for children to go missing. It, 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 it happened. And by, I'm assuming by missing, but she means missing by abduction mm. as opposed to wandering off on their own. It's you know we are the most protected we've been in a, ever with with CCTV cameras with awareness around this kind of stuff. Anything else? Yeah, something about Rihanna. Oh yeah, pop videos are too mucky according to Mel C. Although although the the, the video when the, the Spice Girls were in the desert and they're all up in their in their PVC gear that, that wasn't sexy. Oh. That was like cartoons. Catherine, I was like, uh, I was a 22-year-old lad when that came out. That was sexy. Yeah, but okay. But, I mean, you could watch Betty Boop and find that sexy. Oh. Let's be fair. <sighs> Rihanna isn't the only music artist to have sexy music videos. Rihanna's a music artist. What's wrong with them? Does the artists look good in what they wear? Says Ben in Buckingham. I don't know what that means. In, in English, Ben? Is there punctuation and words missing there? Uh, what's wrong with them? As long as they look good, I think he's what, he's what he means. Well, they, they, they can look good and they can be showing us their cornflakes. You know, it, I don't, we don't need to see too much. I mean, I see some videos and I think I should come out with a medical degree. 
You know, please keep some of your mystery, ladies. Uh, Either one or the other, not both. I remember in some the mid show both the mid eighties. The uh, the height of the, the do you remember the controversy that was caused when Samantha Fox uh, oh. with her hit single "Touch Me" appeared on top of the pop. Touch me brackets. I want to feel your body. What yeah. was that about? And she had a, a, a tiny, tiny rip on the bum of her jeans. Tiny rip. It was about that big. It was quite low down on the buttock, her left buttock. I remember it very, very well. It was a wonderful rip. But the controversy surrounding uh, Sam Fox's uh, gash in her jeans. Sam Fox who took her um, top off for a living, of course. When, wow. she was, when she turned 16, if I remember correctly as well. 16. Now you're lucky if they wear a tiny bit of jean. Here's the thing. This, this, I don't quite... This Judy Finnegan... Right. ...mess. Yes. It's in all the she papers. She said too much, I think. Judy is forced to say sorry as hundreds complain... Dennis, stay there. We'll come to you in a second. As hundreds complain... I always worry about doing a serious story before I go to Dennis. Judy is forced to say sorry as hundreds complain about her rape remarks on TV. After more than five years away from television, Judy Finnegan returned to our screens and stepped straight into controversy. She was on Loose Women. And, uh, where, now, I need one of the papers. Um, oh, here we go. So this is her quote about rape. On the TV show, Miss Finnegan um, said, uh, quotes, about, this is about this footballer, Ched Evans, who raped someone, gone to prison, maybe going back to a football club. We don't know yet. He, I think, uh, denies that he committed rape, yeah. and I think he's appealing. So this is a quote from Judy Finnegan. He served his time. The rape, and I am not pleased by any means minimising any kind of rape, but the rape was not violent. Um. He didn't cause... That sounds like a minimisation to me slightly. Yeah. He didn't cause any bodily harm to the person. Um. It was unpleasant. In a hotel room, I believe. And she was... She had far too much to drink. So... Let's go through this point by point. The rape, and I'm not pleased by any means minimising any kind of rape, but the rape was not violent. That's the... I'm not racist, but... Any any st- statement so, of intent followed by but is going to be a contradiction. So if, if you get raped but they don't hit you, that's non-violent then, the, is it? It, it, it is, of course, it, it's sexual violence. Exactly. Of course it's violent. It's it's a physical um, uh, uh, um, act carried out against your will. It, that's violence. It's aggression. It's, you know, they're using their power. It didn't cause any bodily harm to the person. Well? Uh, what about mental harm? It was unpleasant. In a hotel room, I believe. What's that got to do with it? Does that mean it's better than it being in an alleyway? Well, this, is, this is where she starts saying too much because she talks about it was in a hotel room, she was drunk. So, I mean, what... She, she was... had far too much to drink. And so what's she... your point there? So, is what she's not saying is that she got herself into that situation? Because that seems to be where it's going. Then she goes on to say... Um, it, so now, now what happened? Now, when he comes out, what are we supposed to do? Just actually refuse to let him do his job, even though he's already been punished. I think the whole thing about him, whether he should play football or not, let's part that to one thing. side. Different thing altogether, and that's been discussed many, many times by loads of different phone-in shows. And I'm not really interested in that. It's what she said. Uh, the rape, and I'm not pleased by any means minimising any kind of rape, but the rape was not violent. He didn't cause any bodily harm to the person. It was unpleasant in a hotel room, I believe. And she was. She had far too much to drink. Now I've read it a few times, I can kind of... When I first saw it, I kind of thought it had been blown out of proportion ever so slightly. And I think they are making a meal of this. Um, but um, your uh, your thoughts, please, dear listener, 08459 455 555. I'm very surprised that someone with her length and breadth of broadcasting experience would get herself into such a pickle. Because that's what it is. She's just not stopped talking, has she? Hmm. Yeah, that's... that's you've got, you've got to learn to put the brakes on, Judy, isn't it? 
08459 455 555. Your, th- your thoughts on that. Do you think she was right? I-, I tell you what we'll ask. Does it make a difference if-, if the woman is drunk and if it's in a hotel room? Does it make a difference? There might be some people out there going, I don't see what the fuss is. Judy is, uh, Judy is speaking complete sense. Does it, does it, can you explain to me how it might make a difference if uh, the-, the woman was drunk? I'd be interested to see if anyone can uh, swing that argument. 08459 455 555. Dennis, let's not talk about that. What have you got for us? Good morning. Yes, you are insulting the North again. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You're going up there and doing... I'll tell you, if you can't speak North to start with, so... Catherine's my translator. I know she is, yes. And a lovely girl coming from the North. She's my... um, What's the... um, um, Oh, she's my... um, not idiot savant. Um, what? Pashtow. What's the um, what's the fella from around the world in eighty days? Passepartout. You're, you're my passepartout. Yes, passepartout. Yeah. You're my passepartout. Excellent. Bit of sticky paper around you. Yes, I know that. But honestly, what? you look after yourself when you go up north. Otherwise, you'll get. They'll have my wallet. You'll get a draft up your trousered leg, which will burn you to death. Yeah, well, I could do with a draft, actually. It's a little bit sore at the <laughs> anyway, moment. Anyway, when you go up there, you're talking about food. Ask for a meat and potato pie. Oh! Yeah, yeah. you got it wrong there, Dennis. Meat and tater. Yeah, that's right, meat and potato pie. God knows what the meat is, but I know what the spuds are. I'll tell you what it is, it's grey, but it's lovely. <laughs> oh, Dennis, you're getting all, you're getting all um, misty-eyed at the thought of people going to your homeland. Yes, why not? Anyone you want us to say hello to? Uh, no, I've got one or two relatives up there now, but they've sort of thrown me out of the place because I've come down south Good. and living, living with you. That's not the reason, people. it's because you're annoying. Huh? <laughs> living with you funny people. That's right, that's right. We're going you're... to Salford, though, that's your old stomping ground, isn't it? Well, Salford? Yeah. No, no, no. I was a little bit uh, to what, a little bit south of there, I Cheshire. I was a Cheshire man, really. Really? But about eight miles south of, uh, yeah, Altrincham, just oh, over gosh. the border into Cheshire. Gosh, I didn't realise we had gentry with us. Well, there you are, you see. This is where you met all the lovely girls in the dance hall. OK, Dennis, now it's time to say goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you very much indeed. He mentioned Altrincham. Timperley is in Altrincham, I believe. Is it? Uh, And uh, we're going to get... Frank Sidebottom used to live there, and there's a bloke written a book about it, about him, and we're going to get him on the show. I've I've booked him. You booked him? I thought you were going to get him to talk to me. Well, I've not booked him, but I've said... You said Catherine will ring you. Yeah. That's booked, isn't it? I'm hoping to get a free book out of it. That's why I do... Um, hang on a second, where, where are we? Let me just check. Oh, blimey, it's the BBC. I'm really looking forward to doing an in-depth and revealing interview with him about his new book, mm. about Frank Sidebottom. Mm. If he gave me a free one, I wouldn't accept it. I mean, if he insisted... Well, you'd read it and then you'd give it to a library. Yeah, I'd give it to a library, isn't it? That's what I'd do. Or a children. Is it a children's book? He's no. got a big, big moon face, hasn't he? The, kid, like the kids love Frank Sidebottom. They think he's hilarious. And boy, oh, boy. dear boss! Oh, blimey! I wish they'd met him, because he, he they would have had so much fun in his presence. He was magical. But I was watching the Frank film, which isn't based on Frank Sidebottom. No. And they came in and saw me watching it. They went, oh, Frank Sidebottom! And it's just at the scene where Frank um, is having a breakdown and he starts effing and jeffing and gets hit by a car! Oh, dear. <laughs> Boys, the, I, I managed to stop it just before the car scene, but they saw the effing and jeffing. At least I didn't see the uh, hot tub scene. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to uh, give us a call, um, oh yeah, uh, Billy Wobbles. Oh yeah, now who can tell us about Billy Wobbles? Anybody? Um, I'm just reading some email. Ken's, Ken's busy on the emails today. Busy, yeah, b- very busy on the emails today. Why did we t- get talking about Billy Wobbles? Let's just set this up. Uh, well, we were talking about Snooks. Yeah, and the Wicked Lady. And the Wicked Lady. It sounds fabulous. Wicked Lady! 
I'm gonna see you tonight, wicked lady. Gonna be doing it all right. Okay, that's an original hit from Ian Lee. It will not be available in any shops. <laughs> I, write Snooks, good, I write good songs, man. Snooks and the Wicked Lady were the scourge of these parts. I think the day. I've got. Uh, weren't Snooks and the Wicked Lady? Weren't they an indie band in the early 80s? I'm sure I've got their first album on vinyl. <laughs> But anyway, then we got talking about Billy Wobbles. Billy Wobbles. He's, in much, he's, in, he's not talked about enough, is he? Local legend, Billy Wobbles. We're trying to piece together the Billy Wobbles story. We know he died in 1836. Uh, we know he owned a horse called Marbles. But what do we know? What do we know about the man, Billy Wobbles? If you can fill in the gaps, please. I'll tell you what we'll do. He was a hapless highwayman, wasn't he? We'll get, we'll get Justin. Well, I know Justin's out doing uh, Rihanna. Um, what I mean by that is, is are her Rihanna too rude? Look at Danny, look. She, Danny's doing, Danny's, list, Danny's listening to her own show in her head. I've got no idea what's going on. But we'll send them out on Billy Wobbles as well, see if you can fill in the, the gaps on yeah. the Billy Wobbles story. Yeah, yeah, the story yeah. is it's local and vocal, and we should be celebrating unsung heroes like Billy Wobbles. So if you know more about Billy Wobbles, 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off this morning on the Great North Road, looking rather slow at the moment on the speed sensors, um, approaching the Black Hat roundabouts. The M1's looking slow, heading southbound between Junction 12 at Flittick and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the A1M also looking rather heavy, just around Junction 8 for Stevenage. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving, between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 16, the M40. So far, taking a look at the A41 on the sensors, that's very heavy between the Hemel Hempstead turn-off and Junction 20 for the M25. So far, no reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. it's Tuesday the 14th of October, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young children on their way to school. The incidents, which happened earlier this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. And a family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. Right, here's the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather damp start to the day. Bit of mist and fog out there as well, particularly for parts of Buckinghamshire. Also a bit of drizzle, a bit of light rain. It is a little improvement on yesterday. The rain is a bit lighter. Having said that, I'm just looking at the satellite picture. We have got um, quite a heavy shower, actually, just to, uh, well kind of near Letchworth at the moment so there are one or two heavier bursts out there but predominantly it is a rather drizzly start the wind a lot less today too later on this afternoon we may get a bit of brightness we may see a glimmer of sunshine the further north you go but in turn that could spark off one or two potentially heavy showers maximum temperature getting up to around 15 maybe 16 celsius overnight tonight eventually it will dry out a mild night mist and fog likely to develop before dawn the minimum temperature 10 celsius a rather murky cloudy start tomorrow but quite quiet but then our next frontal system moves in from the southwest some heavy rain arriving tomorrow through the afternoon and into tomorrow evening maximum temperature for wednesday 15 celsius thank you very much 
If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. Hey, what a great way to get things started today. Uh, lost in music, and that comes from Sister Sledge. Hi, how are you? But there is a way you can hear it all again. It's Treasure Quest. Live across BBC Radio Northampton and BBC Three Counties Radio, we are on our search for the treasure. bbc.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio, allowing you to listen to what you miss. Can you ever have too much cake? Discuss? <laughs> no. You don't need to discuss that. Tony Black. Blackman here with you through to 11 o'clock with all this great soul music. The Tower of London was where his daughter lost her head. Thanks a marillion. It's a very good recipe. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Now, yesterday, Catherine, we took a really, um, um, I, I, I say unpleasant because it was, it was thoroughly unpleasant. A very upsetting phone call yesterday, didn't we? Who, really who, so. who did we speak to about half past seven? We got a phone call from Joanne, who was beside herself. You'll remember this if you were listening around that time because it set, um, we went crackers on Facebook and Twitter because we put a photo out of a woman by the name of Mildred Maisie King, mm. who'd gone missing, 82 years old, gone missing after being taken by a well-meaning neighbour to the shops. Unfortunately, she has dementia. And when she said to the neighbour she'd get the bus back, she kind of forgot about it and mm. she never came home. A lot of people spent a lot of time looking for her that night. and Gone missing, missing overnight. Yeah, yep. they, they were looking for her. That, so not last night, but the night before. They were looking for her into the morning. We have an update for you. Joanne is back on the line. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Ian. And I believe it's excellent, excellent news. It's wonderful news. What happened? Well, the police found her yesterday morning at 11 o'clock. Fantastic. She'd spent the night. She'd got into a, an overgrown greenhouse, so she was a bit scratched and battered. Oh, bless her. But she'd managed to get out of the rain a bit, but she, she was still quite wet. Yeah. Um, her, her shoes and socks were soaked through. Um, and the police took her to Lister. Um, there was a four-hour ambulance strike on, so the police took her rather than an ambulance. Well, good for them. And when she arrived, she'd got a temperature of 33.5, so she really was chilled through. Yeah. Um, not a good thing when you're 82. But uh, they've, they well, covered her with blankets and gradually brought her core temperature up. They used something called a bear hugger, oh. which is... Um, a, it's sort of an inflatable blanket that you blow hot air into. Oh, I like the sound of that. Well, I think she enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> she was, I think she wanted to take it home. That's, uh, How was she found, Joanne? The police found her. Um, they were looking um, really in the area to the east of the, the A1, whereas actually she was found to the west, but they'd been concentrating the efforts on the other side based on the last sighting of her. And was it just, a, a, you know, a couple went, oh, there's a greenhouse over here, let's have a look in here, guys? Or, or... No, they, they searched all night. Right. They, they had, they were really, like, going through the area really carefully. Um, when I got to where she was found, there were certainly 12 or 13 police officers. And they had the helicopter out and everything, didn't they? They did. Well, well yeah. done then. The, the trouble is with thermal imaging from helicopters, if it's really dense um, undergrowth, it doesn't always pick things up, apparently. So, But she, we're just, I mean, heavens, I'm grateful she's been found. Um, everybody's been so kind. The, the police have searched endlessly for her. Um, some Friends and volunteers have come out. I mean, I know a fireman who stayed out till 3am trying to help find her. Well, isn't, isn't that heartwarming that it, there are people out there who will do stuff like that? It, it's just, it, there's been a marvellous community spirit with it. And it, it, it makes me feel quite humble that people who don't know mum have 
taken the time and trouble to care and look for her. You probably didn't see, but there was a, a lot of love for Maisie on Twitter and Facebook yesterday as well, because we tweeted her picture and put it on Facebook. And, l- yeah. you know, it went wild, people retweeting yeah. it and, uh, you know, passing on their best. So yeah. Um, yeah. does she uh, does she remember what happened? Is she well enough to know what she, happened? She can remember bits of what happened. She can remember being in Biggles Wade and buying some Christmas cards at a very good price. She oh. was really pleased with those. <laughs> and she, uh, she, she went to Sainsbury's and uh, didn't buy chocolates. She bought um, chocolate biscuits for the neighbour who's broken her hip. But she's a bit hazy after that. Yeah. It's probably a night to forget, really, sleeping rough in a greenhouse oh, in the rain. Her. 82. So. And how is she now? Is she, uh, is, is, she, is she kind of getting back to normal? Is, is her temperature normalising? Well, it took about six hours to get her temperature up by three degrees. Yeah. Um, they've kept her in overnight, which I'm not surprised about, and they were going to do a, a chest X-ray. But, yeah, she's, she's pretty good, hey. considering. I think she's, she's tired. I think that's the, the worst of it at the Let, moment. Let's be honest, she's had a cracking adventure. She has. Um, and, well, bless her. Well, Joanne, that's such good news. We were all so worried yesterday. That really is fantastic news. Uh, I mean, I'd just like to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart. And at the risk of sounding like an Oscar winner, I really would like to thank, you know, the police, all the volunteers, mum's carers who look after her, all the neighbours who've asked how she is, all the kind messages on Facebook and Twitter. I just, uh, and most of all, as well, to Three Counties for broadcasting it yesterday breakfast to give the best chance of getting this out in the open um, so people were looking out for her. Hey, it's literally our pleasure. Joanne, go, go and make a fuss of mum and, um, you know, what, what, what fantastic news. Thank you so much for letting us know what happened. Lovely. Thanks ever so much, Ian. Thank you so much. Isn't that... Let's, let's be honest, we're all fearing the worst. I didn't great. think we'd be having this conversation this Well, d- d- what, what's great as well is the police get knocked a lot quite often. They deserve it, let's be honest. But... Um, they did. A, sounds like they did a cracking job there. They sounds like they they took it. Well, they, obviously they did take it seriously. They sent the helicopter out and loads of people. But also those volunteers. Yeah, those yeah. volunteers were just general. You know the general public, and I know a lot of them um, were looking on on our Facebook last night and, up, and updating us. Um, so thank you to everyone who who oh, took part in that, and that nice, really does warm the cockles, doesn't it? That she's, people care that much. She's had an adventure, Maisie. She's had an adventure. I tell you what, I do fancy one of those bear hoggers. I totally... Well, you say that just as I look at a picture of Mariah Carey. Yeah, ah... Uh, yeah, I do. They sound, they sound good, don't they? They've got some brilliant stuff in hospitals that you don't see anywhere else. I love... I love the blood pressure machines. Yeah. I wanna, I, 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 can you buy those to take home? But yeah, you can. Oh, I love, I love the feeling of. It's that moment where you think, okay, they're going to stop now, aren't they? Aren't they? You're pulling the face, Danny. You're not a fan of. Uh... No, they make me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like oh, that. Oh, I love at all. it. Imagine. All right. Imagine a suit made out of the blood pressure thing. <gasps> that I'm would be being so. That would be so. Totally. Oh. God. Gosh, actually, that's doing things to my mind. But then you'd have a pulse in your head. <laughs> it would be awesome. It's a shame you have to get ill to try these things out, isn't it? Hey, scientists. I want to work with scientists this morning. When the hell are we going to get those virtual reality suits and headsets that were so big in the mid-90s? You know, the, the headsets where you could say, and then you'd have a suit, so you'd be able to feel everything. You'd feel the experience. When are they happening? We must have the technology. Surely we should have that as an iPhone app now. We can plug it into our uh, clothes. Back to massage pants. But it should be, shouldn't it? I'm thoroughly disappointed. Well, don't be disappointed. Get thinking and developing and take it to the dragons. I haven't got the, the technological skills 
or the, the, the impetus. <laughs> I'm impetusless. I'm impotent. All right, well, put it in the stack of ideas you've got to give to experts. I've got some. I've got some cracking ideas to give to experts. Already, um, solar windows are—they're being made. They're actually solar windows, which was my idea yeah. three days ago. They're they're being made. Next big thing: solar bricks. Yep, that's my that's idea. Your, that's your big thing. That's my idea. Um, solar panels on a roof. That's another one. Well, no, I think that might have been. That might work. Done. Yep. Pavements. Well, solar roads. There's there's solar talk roads. of making solar roads. But won't they be hot? It doesn't get hot, it absorbs the heat, you plum. Solar. Good one. I've got some texts. Best Go wishes to Maisie from Wolverhampton, Matt. What's he doing listening? Um, and uh, Billy Wobbles, you know, the local legend. Yep. Forgotten local hero, Billy Wobbles. Yep. We've been asking people if they've got, if they've got more Heroes Week, hashtag Heroes Week, if you're following us on Twitter. <laughs> Billy Wobbles, any relation to Collie? If you're going to be silly about it, mate, let's just leave take it out. Making it, yeah, let's just taking serious. The no respect. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call. Speaking of which, I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor, and I don't like it very much. Oh no, oh no, he swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh gee, oh gee, he's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh fiddle, oh fiddle, he's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh heck, oh heck, he's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh dread, oh dread, he swallowed my... So Ken has um, um, uh, um, um, uh, um, emailed me on the Judy Finnegan um, uh, rape story mm. in as much as, just calm, calm your horses, Mum, in as much as she has uh, said, she seems to imply that, uh, that there are different kinds of rape and that if a rape is not violent and if it happens in a hotel room and if it happens when the woman is drunk, well, there is, uh, it's not as serious as other rapes. It's the idea that if it's not physically violent, and I take it she means, you know, with slaps and punches, that it's not a violent thing to do to somebody. Ken in Redbourne uh, has emailed in, uh, yes, rape is rape and if found guilty you should be punished. However, at the point of sentencing, the law recognises degrees of seriousness. We recognise this with murder, first and second degree and manslaughter. Do we have first and second degree murder in this country? I thought that was an American thing. I thought we had murder and manslaughter. manslaughter. That's it, isn't it? I thought thought that's it. I don't know. I mean, can you have degrees of rape? It, does it really make a difference if the woman is drunk? I can't see that in my head at all, really. If someone doesn't want to have sex with you and you have sex with them, then that's, um, well, that's completely inappropriate, isn't it? To, putting it mildly. Your thoughts on this, please. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off this morning in Milton Kings, and it's looking rather slow moving on standing way at the moment in both directions, um, just between the Kingston Roundabout and Bedford. Taking a look at the M1, very slow moving on the speed sensors between Junction 12 for Flitwick and Junction 9 at Redbourne. And in Hemel Hempstead, the A41 on the sensors looking rather slow moving, heading southbound between the Hemel Hempstead turn off and Junction 20 for the M25. 
Having a look so far in Watford, very heavy moving at the moment on Rickmansworth Road, uh, just after the Town Hall roundabout. And the M40 is looking slow from the Denham roundabout to the M25 on camera. So far, not seeing any problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Nicola. So then... Pop stars, are the videos too sexy? I don't know. And is there... There could be a connection between this. What Judy Finnegan has said about rape. Any ideas, guys? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire Police still searching for man who approached schoolchildren. Screening starts for Ebola at Heath Row and Hertfordshire family urging change to paternity leave. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young children on their way to school. The incidents, which happened earlier this year in Dunstable and Leighton Buzzard, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. It showed a man being arrested but later released with out charge. Speaking on last night's programme, Detective Sergeant Gordon Blair said officers had done all they could. We exhausted all lines of inquiry. We spoke to everybody that we could possibly speak to. Unfortunately, there's loads of crimes that are unsolved. And will we ever find out who tried to approach that young girl and or grab her? Or I, I, I don't think so. I don't think I failed. Because we did everything we could. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin this morning. Border staff at Heathrow's Terminal 1 will question anyone who has come from the worst affected countries, Liberia, Sierra Leone and Guinea. The measures will be extended to other terminals, Gatwick Airport, Gatwick Airport and Eurostar within days. Police are appealing for witnesses after yesterday morning's fatal crash on the M25 in Hertfordshire. A 37-year-old man died after his black VW Passat hit a barrier on the anti-clockwise carriageway between junctions 22 and 21 at half past six. A family from Welling Garden City is calling for changes to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. Mum Kirsty told this programme they're now in discussion with their partner's company as their baby arrives home today. It was two weeks ago when we found out, you know, he'd be coming home soon, which was great. He went in, said to work, you know, I'm going to need my paternity leave soon. And... Uh, his HR company, uh, HR for his company, turned around and said, you've lost your entitlement. The baby's too old. The Environment Agency has issued a flood alert for the River Lee at Luton, Harpenden and Wheat Hampstead. Meanwhile, police and the fire service in Hertfordshire say they took numerous calls to deal with flooding in the east of the county yesterday evening. An 82-year-old woman with dementia is recovering in hospital after going missing from her Biggleswade home for nearly 24 hours. Mildred King, who's known as Maisie, was found in a greenhouse not far from her home on Monday morning. She disappeared after going shopping on Sunday. Her daughter Joanne says the family have been touched by everyone's concern. I really would like to thank, you know, the police, all the volunteers, 
mum's carers who look after her, all the neighbours who've asked how she is, all the kind messages on Facebook and Twitter. I just, and most of all, as well, to Three Counties for broadcasting it yesterday breakfast to give the best chance of getting this out in the open. In sport, Wales are top of their qualifying group for Euro 2016 after beating Cyprus 2-1 in Cardiff. The weather starting wet and overcast, but becoming drier and brighter. Still the chance of a heavy shower later, though. A maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With Robert Webb and Neil Morrissey talking about their new West End play and a very sweet dog called Esther who's desperately looking for a home. From 3. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From 7. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC. Local radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Can't call a dog Esther, you're right, Catherine. Ridiculous name. Out of order. Out of Pam, order. Sue, Wendy, yeah. yes. Thank you. Sue? Yeah. You can't call a dog Sue, it's a boy's name. Oh, yeah. Yes. Anyway, she'll toughen up. Yeah. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a very, very busy show this morning. If I fake it to make it. Fake it to make it. Hugs, not drugs. Fake it to make it, guys. So, crowd abductions. Hasn't actually happened yet, but it might do. You never know. Probably won't. But there is someone wandering around who's scaring children. What should we do about that? We're also talking about paternity leave. And also this story in the newspapers. Judy Finnegan, her comments about rape. She says she doesn't want to minimise any kind of rape, then goes on to minimise some kinds of rape. Well... The implication is, if it's not violent, uh, and if the uh, woman is sober, well, it's not as bad as other rapes. Is that right? Can you kind of see what she's saying? I'm scratching my head. I don't get it. Surely any forced uh, act is uh, thoroughly unpleasant. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, isn't that what Judy Finnegan does? Says things that are um, a little bit um, beyond the pale. And isn't it... Was this her first... It's normally Richard. It's normally her reining him in. Well, yeah, it's true, actually. Maybe they need each other. And this was... Was this her first appearance on Loose Women? I think so, it was. So, um, you know... Um, Do you know what I see? A woman who started talking and didn't know when to stop. But, I mean, the thing she said... Ridiculous. She goes on to apologise. What she apologised? Can I read the apology, right? Because d- 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 let me read the whole thing, OK? Just indulge me two minutes, OK? Because uh, some people may have just tuned in. This is what she said about uh, the footballer Ched Evans, who was convicted of, of rape and may or may not be playing for Sheffield Wednesday soon. Uh, Sheffield United, sorry. He served his time, the rape, and I'm not pleased by any means minimising any kind of rape, but the rape was not violent. He didn't cause any bodily harm to the person. It was unpleasant. In a hotel room, I believe, and she had had far too much to drink. Sounds like a minimisation. But then listen to, what she, listen to the apology. I absolutely wasn't suggesting that rape was anything other than a, an horrendous crime, and as I said on the programme, I was in no way attempting to minimise the terrible ordeal that any woman suffers as a result. The point I was attempting to raise as part of the debate was what should happen to someone after they committed and served their crime. I apologise unreservedly for any offence that I may have caused as a result of the wording I've used. Well, she's not apologised. 
for the hotel statement and the drink statement. She's not apologised. She can say, I wasn't attempting to minimise, but she actually did, and she's not apologised for it's that. It's the idea that just because there are no punches or kicks involved, that there wasn't a, an act of violence. It's all got, violence. There's a text about this, isn't there? Yes, there is. Which I think is quite interesting. It's quite forthright. Yep. Brace yourself. It says the people supporting Finnegan probably also support Clarkson and think Farage is an all right bloke. Idiots, says Mark in Bedford. Over to you. Because there will be some people listening to this going, well, it, come on. What if was the, she doing in his room? Why what, is she drunk so if much? She, if she was drunk and was in his hotel room, then she was there for one thing and one thing only. Wow. There will be people thinking that. I'm hoping they're brave enough to give us a call this morning and let, let us know. Oh wait, four five nine, four double five, five double five. Can you understand what Judy Finningham was, get, was getting on about? If the woman is drunk and is in someone's hotel room, well, there is an uh, implicit um, uh, non-verbal communication that you know, sex is on the cards. Oh wait, four five nine, four double five, five double five is the telephone number. Now, Bedfordshire police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached a number of young girls on their way to school. One of the incidents, which happened earlier this year near Ardley Hill Academy in Dunstable, was featured on 24 Hours in Police Custody last night. Jeanette is the mother of a nine-year-old boy at the school who was a recent victim of an attempted abduction. She spoke to our reporter, Tony Fisher. Well, I've been walking into school all the time, obviously, because he's, like, in lower school. But now, since it's changed to an academy, I thought I would let him walk the last little bit on his way when there's no roads to cross on his own because he would have done that if he'd have been in middle school. He would have walked to school on his own like all his brothers and sisters did. And I'd let him walk down by the co-op while I was with him and then from the co-op to here, he was walking on his own. He'd done that since September. Um, I got home, started drinking a cup of coffee, got a phone call, get down to school immediately. And a man in a blue car had pulled over from the other side of the road onto this side of the road, got out of the car and tried to approach my child. My child kicked him and ran to the school. Your, your child, your son kicked him? Yeah. How did you feel? Well, absolutely gutted, but glad he'd done the right thing because he'd kicked him and got away. And since then now I've heard about lots of other children being followed in cars. So do you think this man was following your son? I don't know if it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. I'm not too sure what's happened, you know, but it was a man in a blue car who got out of the car, tried to approach my son. And what do you think he was trying to do? I have no idea. I wouldn't like to guess what he was going to try and do, but why would an adult try and approach a nine-year-old boy who he didn't know? So he, got, he, he was on the way to school. He got to school safely. You yeah, came he around. got to school. I was down here within five minutes, and then the police were called, and then the police took a statement off my son with one of the teachers present. Because it happened, they came at one point during the day when I was at home, yeah. and then okay. the school informed me that the police had been. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. And he's year five, isn't he's he? He's year five. Okay. And so now, do you what? What, what do you do now? Do you let now him walk I walk on? into school and I stay with him until <laughs> that gate is locked. Right. Okay. And Just like have... I'd done previously since he was at nursery yeah. to the end of year four. But yeah. yeah. It's a bit sad, though, that you can't... It's really sad because, as I said, I've got three other children and they had all, in year five, gone to middle school and walked on their own and walked with their friends. And, you know, that's their bit of independence from the age of nine. They've always been allowed to go down the shop and now you just can't do it. So how, how's he feeling now? Because 
the head said he was a little bit shaken up. Yeah, well, he's still quite traumatised about it. He's holding my hand really tight now and saying to me, make sure the bad man doesn't get me. The bad man's not following us, is he? The bad man's not going to be about. Is the bad man knowing where I live? Well, joined now by Dr Dave Williams, Senior Lecturer in Forensic Psychology at the University of Hertfordshire School of Psychology. Morning, Dave. Hi, Lee. Morning. Uh, if these incidents are linked, then there is... Um, th- th- they seem quite persistent, don't they? Well, it has been a little while since um, the um, last um, uh, incident reported to the police, and they're spread over quite um, a period of time. Um, so I'm not sure that um, we could say they were, you know, increasing in frequency. Well, if we assume it's the same person, and this is an assumption, yeah. um, what would be the explanation for um, the, the, the gaps between each incident? Well, that is a little bit puzzling. Um, I mean, it's not as if there's a one-size-fits-all um, uh, situation with um, abduction, and thankfully abduction is extremely rare. Um, but it is a little bit puzzling that um, if this is a person that has gone as far as uh, wanting to make contact with their potential victims, that uh, there have been so many occasions where they've actually, and thankfully so, um, failed to do so. Uh, is it true that, that if someone, um, uh, that, that quite often offenders, and I'm being careful because we don't know who, who or what yeah. this bloke is, but if offenders, they kind of set themselves lines and then they, just, they, they, they go up to that line and uh, the buzz or the hit gets weaker and weaker, so they, they go further and further in what they, they attempt to do. Well that, well, that can be the case um, with some types of offences, but certainly in the case of something as serious as uh, potential abductions, um, in most cases, uh, people who um, have a motivation to do that actually won't be acting upon it. It is, it is in very rare cases that somebody gets to a point where they have gone beyond um, fantasising, um, imagining, uh, um, thinking about uh, victims and actually want to act on um, uh, uh, their, their intentions. Let's assume for a second that this, is ge- that this gentleman is not uh, uh, in any way a sex criminal or, or, or has malicious thoughts like that. Someone texted in uh, that maybe he's lost his own child and is just looking to communicate with children. Could that be a possible explanation? Well, it is hard to say um, what might be motivating somebody who is approaching children if that is, um, you know, if these things are linked and if that's what's happening in every case. Um, I mean, you know, you'd have to say it was a a sad reflection on our times that, um, you know, people... Uh, uh, would find that more innocent interpretation uh, less likely than the more serious um, uh, possibilities. And would people uh, uh, around him necessarily notice any difference in his his mood or his behaviour before or after making one of these approaches? Well, if it was um, a situation where we were looking at perhaps the most serious type of abductions, yes, it isn't impossible that if somebody is fitted into a broader social network, that things like stress or removing the inhibitors that would allow somebody to act on their desire, for instance, they start uh, drinking, uh, their routines and their activities change such that they're in situations where they could be exposed to children. For example, uh, if somebody's working, they're not likely to be around at the times kids are uh, about, um, and certainly um, as 
as kids become more independent and older, they'll travel further from home, and that could make them uh, more accessible to um, a uh, uh, attacker than otherwise. Um, but their, their family members could spot something. But as I say, most of our data from this, most of the research that backs this up, comes from looking at general cases. In any individual case, it's kind of hard to say. Dave, how much fun is... Uh, sorry, just go off on a tangent. How much fun is forensic psychology? Because for about 23 years ago, for about 20 minutes, I considered it as a possible life option. Catherine, my producer, is saying the same thing. It must be, it must be fascinating. It is. It is. It is fascinating, yeah. Yeah. Dave, thank you very much indeed. That's Dr. Dave Williams, senior... Imagine me as a forensic psychologist, Catherine. I know. Don't... Don't anybody... Don't nobody touch anything. We've not found any clues. Well, hang on a second. Did you not find this? Did you read The Jigsaw Man by Paul Britton? No. Oh, my goodness, you need to read that. Why? Because that is... That's what fired me up about forensic psychology. Is there a film I think of things it? got a bit... Is there a film of it? Uh, no. Ah, I won't bother. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rather slow moving in Milton Keynes on standing way at the moment between Newport Road and Junction 13 for the M1. The M1 itself rather heavy moving heading southbound between Junction 12 for Flittick and Junction 9 at Redbourne. Um, getting reports in of Lower Luton Road at the moment being closed between Bower Heath Lane and Airport Way due to some flooding there. Also in Hemel Hempstead very slow moving on the A414 uh, between Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead and Leverstock Green Way. Taking a look so far at the M25 heading clockwise, it's looking very slow because of an accident just between Junction 15 for the M4 and Junction 16 for the M40. So far, no reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much. 8.16, it's Tuesday the 14th of October, I'm Ian Lee These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio Bedfordshire Police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young children on their way to school The incidents, which happened earlier this year featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody The first screening of passengers arriving for, in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning And a family from Welling Garden City is calling for change to the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave. BBC Three Counties Radio. And breathe. Good morning. You right? Yes, you? Bit tired. Slept terribly last night. It was cold. Too cold. Oh. Freezing cold. We'll put your heating no, on. No, not until November. Really? No, oh, until I've, November. I've had my log burner oh. crackling and crisping away. Gosh. Actually, I, I paint a, a picture. I had a devil light in the blooming thing last night. Yeah, but... An hour it took me. Kept going out. Did, you don't know how to start a fire, basically. Well, sometimes I do. I've been lighting fires for the last week or so. Yeah. And some nights are good. It all gets going quite quickly. Other nights, I light it, and then I think, right, that's so lovely. What are you using? And it goes out. Well, last night, I used fire lighters kindling and uh, and logs but i think my logs might have been a little bit damp you mate uh, what mate. Oh, for <laughs> you're gonna say petrol aren't you no 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 you, you, no <laughs> i'm one of my we haven't home. got a, a, um, a fire in our house anymore one of my great joys and great pleasures was starting a fire which is nice you're missing it? it was wonderful it's so satisfying it's like cooking a meal but the one thing you're missing you're missing um newspaper 
No, apparently you shouldn't use newspaper. That's, well, who's blocks, told you that? It blocks up your chimney. Oh, no, it doesn't. It burns. Yeah, but it produces a lot of ash. Oh, mate. Whoever told you that is should be sacked from their job as a fire starter. Um... It's a chimney sweep. Well, he's... Oh, chimney sweep. It what was, do they know about fires? It was a... It was a... Hetas, Hetas, well, however you pronounce it, registered chimney sweep. It's his job to clean out your detritus from your chimney. Newspapers. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, you won't. Otherwise, you won't get anywhere, mate. Good luck. Good luck. I've given you the answer. If you don't okay. want to take it up, that's your problem. So, do I use fire lighters as well as the yeah. newspaper? Right. Yeah, it's it's a tri-layered thing. Fire lighters, newspaper, kindling, wood. Not you, counting the wood as but, the tri. But you don't tri. put the wood on until it's all crackling. Yeah, away. you go. Well, no, no, no. Oh, for what? goodness sakes. You have a couple of logs on there. What, what to start with? Oh, mate. Yes! No, you have to get the kindling going first. Oh, for good... OK. You have okay. to get the kindling really going, and right. then you put the log on. OK, you, you, you have a cold winter spending hours trying to light your fire, OK? I'll have, the, I'll have the knowledge in my head that I could help you out any time you wanted that help. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. if anyone has a... Uh, Best way how to start a fire. Log burner. I'm correct. What's on your show this morning? Uh, discuss it. I heard you mention this earlier. Judy yes. Finnegan's comments yes. on loose women yesterday. From nine this morning, I'm going to be asking: Was Judy Finnegan right to apologise for her comments about rape? She's apologised for comments she made yesterday about former Sheffield United footballer and convicted rapist Ched Evans. She told the panel on ITV's Loose Women that it could be wrong to ban Ched from ever playing football again, as the rape for which he was convicted was not violent. And the woman involved was drunk. Evans has served half of a five-year sentence for being convicted of raping a 19-year-old woman in 2011. Judy Finnegan has explained in today's papers she wasn't suggesting rape was anything other than a horrendous crime. She was simply trying to debate what should happen to people once they've committed a crime mm. and served their time. But certainly the way it came across even though she was very, very keen to point out that she was in no way condoning what he'd done, it suggested that some rapes are perhaps not as serious, not as extreme, as other rapes. Yep. But is that, is that an outrageous thing to suggest? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Was Judy Finnegan right to apologise for her comments about rape? 08459 455 555. I look forward to hearing from you from nine. On Saturday, get ready for an afternoon full of excitement. Oh, my oh, it's an amazing goal. goal. Sam Wood has just clinched the goal of the season award. Free County Sport is here from two, with unrivaled coverage of all our local teams. How about that? The Matthew Fitcher! Wickham, Stevenage, MK Dons, Watford and Luton are all in action. What a goal from Lawless! It was always there, you could see it coming. And Stevenage, well, lightning start for them. We'll bring you all the build-up, live commentary and all the reaction after the final whistle. We'll have a sloppy time today, but we've won 2-0. Three County Sport, Saturday from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Catherine? Sharon on the text thinks she's seen beyond the curtain. I think Judy F set out to say something that would bring attention to herself and advertise her new role on TV to let people know she's back on the scene. Do you know what? I thought that, but actually I don't think that. I Why think would she, you want to be known for this? I think she genuinely thinks it. I think she genuinely believes it. 
Someone else who doesn't leave their name says the village is missing an idiot. Oh, wait, her name is Judy Finnegan. I think that's a little... That's, that's a little harsh. Little harsh uh, there's some suggestions for Teddy Boy from Teddy Boy about... Uh, do you know John, Justin earlier on was talking about snooks? Where, where on earth has Justin been all morning? He's going to do something for after 8 o'clock. Uh, after 8.30. Wait, we're after 8 o'clock. After 8.30. What, what was happening between 7 and 8? Was uh, he having a growler? Lie was, down. He was running down around a rock in the middle of Hertfordshire, <laughs> which is apparently the way to raise a dead <laughs> highway. He's being chased by a spook. <laughs> he Slither. says... Don't. Sorry. Teddy Boy says... Tell J-Dog you have to wail a diddly quack while running around the hanging stone. Also, there is a Snooks pool, which is a fishing lake by the Texaco on the old A41. That's handy for Snooks. Hi, weirdos. It's very handy for Snooks, isn't it? You can fill up Black, black Bess. Oh, no, that was, uh, that was actually not oh, for the real sakes. horse of your man, thingy. Dick Turpin? Yeah. If you're going to be a highwayman, don't call yourself Dick. I like Swift Nick. Sunday evenings, tea time. Dick Turpin, Richard O'Sullivan, Swift Nick, wonderful. What was Swift Nick? He was his mate. Was it? It was his pal, yeah. His, his, his blonde, good-looking pal for the girls. Oh, right. He was always in Looking magazine. I thought that Richard O'Sullivan was rather dashing. Oh, I, they should show... That was a great programme. It was Did, great. Maybe if we watched it again, though, we'd see it was rubbish. Probably. Mm. Right, shall I carry on? Go on. Thank you very much indeed. Now, a new dad from Welling Garden City has lost his entitlement to paternity leave because he wanted to take it once his premature baby was home from hospital, not from the day the baby was born. Jensen was born 11 weeks early and was very poorly, so his parents thought they'd save their leave until they could all be home together. But Dad's bosses has had other ideas and insist that any paternity leave should have been taken within 56 days of the birth. Well, Dad's now in dispute with the company. Joining me is Sally Brett, the Senior Equality Officer at the Trades Union Congress. Morning, Sally. Morning. Does he stand a chance? Um, well, I think there is a chance that the um, HR department or his manager have made a mistake in this instance because there is a 56-day limit for taking paternity leave um, and that is normally from the date of the birth. But there is some accommodation in the legislation for premature births. So it should have been 56 days from the due date in the case of a premature ah, birth. Ah, I see, OK. However, if it was quite a poorly baby... 56 days is eight weeks. There's still a chance that they could have been in hospital um, in a special baby care unit, which still would have made it difficult for I them think to take I, their I, leave within 56 if days. If I remember this correctly, Sally, in this instance, the baby the baby's still not due yet, and he's, he's nine weeks old already, so that should work in his favour, shouldn't it? Well, in that case, yes, it should. It should. Um, Do some companies just not know the law or their, and their responsibilities? Absolutely. Um, in instances, particularly of uh, maternity leave and all, um, paternity leave and other parental rights, um, I think people just make quick decisions and think they know the law, but actually they don't know some of the finer detail, um, like in this instance, of some of the, the differences um, that apply in the case of a premature birth. Um, there's, there's always the worry, and we spoke to the mum, there's always the worry of, of pushing something too much and upsetting the boss. Um, well, there is, but you also uh, need to be clear um, that this is basic employment rights that apply to every um, qualifying employee. Um, and if you can't stand up and get your boss to follow the basic employment rights, then they will just uh, do whatever they want in most instances if they know they can get away with it. And there is a chance that there's just been a genuine mistake made here. I mean, quite often, you know, as trade unionists, um, we have people come to us with issues like this. Um, and if you go in and say, actually, this is what the law says, I've gone on sought advice or my rep has, has told me um, this is 
actually the case and you may have got it wrong, um, then sometimes they will back down and apologise. Um, I, I have no idea what company works for. I deliberately don't know, so I can't accidentally drop myself in it. Uh, but, uh, but, but for smaller companies, maternity and paternity leave... Well, it can it can be quite expensive for them, can't it? If you've only got a handful of employees, for someone to disappear for a few weeks um, can, can be tricky to manage. Um, yes, but, I mean, one, there, is, there are myths around this. First, that in all employers um, can reclaim the statutory pay that they pay out to employees when they're on leave. Um, so there isn't that expense. They can reclaim that from HMRC. Yes, there is some disruption... But that's part of employing human beings who have children um, and sometimes get ill and sometimes need annual leave. And if you support your employees through these circumstances, you will end up with a more productive and committed workforce. Otherwise, you're just going to have huge problems with the recruitment and retention and continually burning out your employees. Sally, I really appreciate your thoughts on this this morning. Thank you very much, Sally Brett, Senior Equality Officer at the TUC. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. I, um... see Three Counties Radio. I did realise then... I said a very... As I said it, I thought I said a very, very silly, silly thing to Sally there. He doesn't want to... Um, you've got to be careful, haven't you? Upsetting your boss. Well, she's from the TUC. They upset bosses all the time. Rightfully so, quite often. But they're not bothered about that. Of course they're not. They're, they're bothered about the workers' rights. And well done them for thinking that. Indeed. Well, I'm glad that you rectified that. Yes, that's been uh, rectified. I'm flagging today. I'm really... I'm, I've not eaten anything. Well, you'd be delighted to know I'm hearing rumours about Billy Wobble. We're getting closer to... Oh! The just, of Billy just refresh our memories about Billy Wobble. It's sketchy, OK, which is why we need people with great local about, knowledge. We've heard about Snooks. Snooks the Highwayman. The Wicked Lady of Mark Yates Cell. Wah! And now Billy Wobbles. Oh, I'm having a stretch! Or William Wobbles, of course, if you're going to be more formal. <laughs> And his horse named Marbles. Yep. Of course, they were the scourge of the A6, apparently, back yep. in the day. And, and, and then it gets really sketchy. I know that there are two stories about him. One about a parson's nose and one about a lady's finger. But apart from that, we don't know much more. Gosh. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call on that, you can uh, uh, also text eight one three double three. Start your text three CR or give us an email. Ian, I'm just filling. I'll shut up. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off in Milton Keynes and it's very slow moving on Standing Way at the moment between the Kingston Roundabout and Bedford. Um, having a look at the M1, that's looking quite heavy heading southbound between Junction 12 at Flittick and Junction 9 for Redbourne. I'm getting reports in that Lower Luton Road at the moment is closed between Bower Heath Lane and Airport Way um, due to some flooding there. The M25 heading clockwise is queuing at the moment between Junction 15 for the M4 and Junction 16 for the M40 on camera. This is due to an accident that's happened there. And having a look so far at the M25 heading anti-clockwise, that's queuing on the sensors between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16 for the M40. So far, taking a look at the trains, everything's running to time. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young children on their way to school. The incident, which happened early this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. Police have arrested six people following an operation by the South East Counter-Terrorism Unit. The three men and three women are from Portsmouth, Farnborough and Greenwich in south-east London and a family from Welling Garden City is calling for clarity in the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity leave Three Counties Sports BBC Three Counties Radio Wales atop of their qualifying group for Euro 2016 after beating Cyprus 2-1 in Cardiff. Elsewhere, Watford duo Matej Vidra and Daniel Pudil were unused subs as the Czech Republic won 4-2 in Kazakhstan. Watford's Akechi Anya is an injury down for Scotland's match in Poland tonight. The winger missed training yesterday. MK Don's duo Will Grigg and Ben Reeves are with the Northern Ireland squad in Greece. Also tonight, the Republic of Ireland are away to world champions Germany. Former England midfielder Phil Neville says he's not surprised that Roy Hodgson decided to rest Raheem Sterling for England's match in Estonia. The Liverpool player was given a break after saying he was tired. Neville says it'll happen again. I look at the bigger picture here and I think we'll see it a lot more in this group because the group is so poor and it's so weak and we will win without certain players in certain games. You'll see this happen throughout the group stages where certain managers will put pressure on their players to maybe pull out of games or to come off maybe early in games because we're going to stroll through this group. We, we all know that already. Boreham Wood are through to the FA Cup fourth qualifying round after a 1-0 replay win at home to Froome last night. The Hertfordshire side will travel to Woking in the next round. And in Rugby League, Wigan's Ben Flower faces a minimum eight-game ban after twice punching a St Helens player in Saturday's Super League Grand Final. He faces a disciplinary hearing tonight. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, so lots to talk about this morning. We're talking about paternity leave. We are talking uh, about Judy Finnegan, kind of implying that there are different levels of rape. Well, a rape's a rape, isn't it? Really? Forced, um, uh, I keep going to say forced entry, that's inappropriate. But forced sexual activity is, is... A forced sexual activity. She used the words that it wasn't physically violent or something, didn't she? Does it make a difference if the woman's drunk? No, I think is the obvious answer. But if you disagree, could you call me up and let me know why you disagree? There are people who will say that, yes, it does. If she was drunk in a man's hotel room, then, of course, that's going to happen. Really? Are we animals? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. And we've we've got beyond the thing of women what they wear being responsible for rape, haven't we? Haven't we? I hope so. Women can wear what they want, and they're not. Do you remember the phrase "asking for it"? Can they dance how they want as well while wearing those clothes that they want? Well, they can. can do, they have but a drink. They, uh, well, possibly. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Can they have a laugh with a man, who, a person who happens to be a man, and not uh, have, end up having sex with them uh, yeah. against their will? Uh, we're also talking about pop, pop videos. Are they too mucky? Mel C has come out and um, had uh, a pop at Rihanna, isn't it? Yes. But then someone has tweeted someone on Facebook. Sorry, actually, have you seen this comment? Craig has uh, said, "Mrs. Pot, can I introduce you to Miss Kettle?" And he's posted a picture of uh, Mel C in the nuddy. Is she dancing on the telly? No. Okay, was it in a gentleman's magazine? I don't know. Was it in a children's comic? I don't know. It wasn't in Looking magazine. No. It wasn't the Bangles. Um, 
You think there's a difference? Is there a difference? Yeah. Yeah? I do. I think she's still a, she's still a pop star. I think that these music videos yeah. are a way... They're supposed to be for everyone, aren't they? Yeah. They're on channels that everyone watches. Well. Well, I, but we don't anymore. No. no. It's not safe to leave things like MTV on and go out of the room oh, these no. days. You end up having to explain all kinds of uh, biological functions. A pop video's too mucky. Would you let your kids watch them? Oh eight four five nine four double five five. Who hasn't been to a family do where there's been some inappropriate dancing by children? Oh God, seven year old girls twerking. Hey, I mean, come on, guys. Although saying that, my two and a half year old was was busting some very weird moves last night that did involve a lot of um, grabbing his bottom. I don't know what postman Pat's fault, though, wasn't it? Uh, no, that, well, it may have been postman Pat's fault. You learnt some of it from postman Pat, but we we're having a little piano disco in the house again, and uh, he goes, no. "The youngest does this dance. He does this incredibly insane dancing where his whole body is absorbed by the music, and he expresses it in this incredible way." I am the only person that's seen. It's like Mr Snuffleupagus. Whenever Big Bird would call someone over uh, to, to meet Mr Snuffleupagus, Mr Snuffleupagus would have gone. So Linda comes over going, well, what's, wrong, what's wrong, Big Bird? There's nobody here. And she, they all think that he was a lunatic. Yeah. It's the same thing with the dancing. Every time the boy does the dancing, I call in someone, he stops doing the dancing. They think, they, they think he's Mr Snuffleupagus. He knows that you are the only audience that would appreciate it. Psh, man, Did he love. learn it from you? Possibly. I've got uh, a few a few moves up which you might see in Salford if we have a few bevies tonight. Mark's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Mark. Hi, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Uh, you were talking about fraternity leave. Yes. Yeah, I had a situation back in 2010, so the, the rules might have changed since. But the situation that I had was I was working as a night receptionist. And I'd done the occasional daytime shift for them as well. But um, in the regulations, you have to actually give set notice of when you intend to take a fraternity leave. Right, oh. Yeah. And so I, and, and not a lot of employers enforce this, but the, the company that I was working for did enforce it. And you had to take it from, from the due date was the, the earliest time you could take it from. Now, I actually, I actually booked it from the due date because I was only doing two shifts in a company week for them. But in reality, it was actually four shifts week one, two shifts week two, no shifts week three. Yeah. So I only booked a week off. Um, for maternity instead of the two because I only had two shifts and then I weren't going to be working again for ages. And my, um, who's now at my ex-partner, which went um, about 10 days over. So I actually got a phone call asking if I could come back and do extra shifts and stuff and she hadn't actually got into hospital and had the baby yet. Oh. It, it, in the end, we, the, the main employer and to do a compromise with me because she had staff shortages in reception as well as in the housekeeping department. So I actually had to go back to work to, and do my contracted hours, but I had to work as a housekeeper. Here's the time. thing, here's the thing. I don't get paternity leave. Why should a bloke get time off because the, the wife's had a baby? I don't get paternity leave. Let us um, let me put my cards on the table. I don't get it, Mark. Well, not, not with in 2010, but um, in 2006, after my father had the baby, she was rushed into the hospital and had stitches oh. and, was in a, and was in a very bad way. Yeah. So I, 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 actually, back then I was self-employed, but I didn't take maternity leave. I just chose myself not to work. But in situations like that, it, it is handy for the contract to have some support. Yeah, use, use a bit of holiday. I'm not having the go, Mark. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kind of putting my cards on the table. Two and a half hours, um, perhaps too late. Is, is, would that not be an option? Well, 
it, it can be, but again, you've got a situation with a lot of employers where you do have to put your holiday. Yeah, in you're right. You're right. It's easy for me because I've got a silly job where I can I can swan in and out wherever I like. Mark, listen, thank you very much indeed. It's not the best line. I don't get paternity leave. There we go. I've said it. I finally I've said well, it's it. It's the start of your team, isn't it? That's the whole point of paternity leave. Take sick, sick, take um, uh, holiday. Well, why should you? Well, why, why should you get? Why it's should like, you? Maybe why should twice, the... three times in your life you're going to use it. <laughs> I've been, Use it. I've been str- struggling to, to get my head around this story and finally I've got it. And the, the thing is, I don't get paternity leave. Why should the government, why should your employer pay you to take time off to go and have a little jolly with your new family? Because it's the formation of a beautiful new bedrock yeah. of society. OK, and so take holiday. If it's that important to you, take holiday. Use up some of your holiday. I've got none left. Well, tough then. Some people won't be able to... I'll let you have a... Do you know, I'll, I'll turn a blind eye. You can have a couple of days on the Some people won't sick. be able to afford to do that. Well, then don't have but kids. Make sure that everyone has the opportunity to just spend that precious time together. Oh, for goodness sakes. You, do you know what? I took, I took two weeks off when the first one was born. I couldn't wait to get back. Couldn't wait to get back to work. Really? Oh, it did my nutting. I mean, it's wonderful. It's magical. But flipping it, shut up and go to sleep. You're sleeping in the daytime. You're not sleeping in the nighttime. What's your beef, baby? Actually, it's probably best you didn't take leave. Um, I, when my um, youngest was about... A month old, I took him into the radio station, right? And we did this really silly prank. Me and my then producer, we just had, uh, we did the show, and I went, Oh, I just noticed there's a baby in the studio. And she went, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm babysitting for extra cash. And I did this big thing, you can't babysit for extra cash. You, 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 we got, you can't, we're doing a radio show, you can't bring a baby in. Everyone suckered into it. Everyone thought that my then producer was, was earning an extra 20 quid by looking after a baby during the show. Is that what the rate is now? I've got no idea. Bring the kids in. Oh, it'd be, it'd be like 10 or an hour. I'll do it. Oh, flipping it. I don't... I'd have a... We would never do pranks like this on, on this programme. You're not allowed to. No, not at all, and we would never do that. I mean, we don't need to resort to cheap tricks like that. No. I am asking, though, this morning, if you know about the legend of Billy Wobbles. It's a local legend, the scourge of the A6, him and his trusty horse. We believe a highwayman, otherwise, what's he doing on the A6 being the scourge? Yeah. Trusty horse marbles, something about... There's two stories, one about a parson's nose, one about a lady's finger. Have you managed to find out much about Billy Wobbles, Just? Uh, not this morning, but I told you all about snooks, which well, is... Well, where this all started. You told us a lot of myths about Snooks. No. Justin, now listen, you, we should have, I should have done this at the top of the show. Mm. Uh, I bet you agree with me. Oh. I don't get paternity leave. Um, I think it's very unfair on small businesses who are struggling yeah, greatly. And we should be doing all we can to, to keep those businesses alive. And it's coming, unfortunately, out of their pocket. Use it's your, use your them holiday. Yeah. Use your holiday. I, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you. And it's, it's one of those things... And listen, you know me, Catherine. I am, you know, I am a, a very forward-thinking, left-leaning gentleman, and I think that you birds do a cracking job <laughs> considering everything that happens right. to you every month. This but... But I don't get paternity leave. Right, that's because you are a man. No, I'm paternity leave. But yeah, p- paternity. No, but what I'm, I'm a man. You, as the woman yeah. who was on maternity leave yeah. and was left on her own after the two weeks... Get your mum round. I do think it is a person's choice to have a child. Why should that responsibility... No, 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 it's a couple's choice. Okay, okay, it's a couple's choice. But why should that responsibility um, come back to a company, an employer, and it's going to come out of his pocket? It's your choice, not his. Oh, I can't wait till you have kids. Is your sister not free? She could do the cleaning. (laughs) Listen... As it stands, you lot get all the fun bit and none of the nasty bit. As long as my supper's ready when take, I get home. Take two <laughs> weeks off, warm the casserole up, massage my feet. If you don't no, mind mate. running the hoover around no. now and again, is it too much to ask? It's important time for you to bond with the baby. I'll see him in the evening. 
Hey, it's double tough for me, right? Oh, it's double okay. tough for me because okay. that baby is up all night. All night, right? I don't get home till 8 o'clock and I leave at 6.30 in the morning. I'm exhausted. You get to sleep in the day in front of Murder, She Wrote. But strangely, the man always sleeps really, really soundly through the crying and stuff. Then with my first one, because he wasn't um, breastfeeding, we had to do it on the bottle. We had to feed him with a pipette. Uh, we took turns, alternated through the night, so you can take that back. All right, fair enough. You've had it really tough. How was your groin? Well, it... Intact? It, it was... It, well, you got one on me. And, and that's the problem. I can't get one on you. You want to let me go? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. I think we win, girls. I it's think off. we win. There's, there's police tape. In many ways, we lose. There's, there's police tape all around it. Do not enter. Now, Justin. Uh, yes. Yes, boss. I suspect I may not be here tomorrow. Justin, mm. you are uh, the um, um, sexy Rihanna. Is Rihanna too rude? That was it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, music videos. Uh, Mel C in the papers today saying that she won't allow her five-year-old child to watch the videos because they are too sexy, they're too raunchy. Um, well, Ian, I've been asking parents this morning, would they allow their young children to watch these videos? Some very interesting views coming up here. Here's what people had to say. No, I wouldn't. I think it's terrible. Five years old, they shouldn't be doing that. Tell me why. What's so terrible about these videos? Because it's really raunchy and it's not for a five-year-old to, to be seen at that age. Just be honest. Do you think you're a bad parent if you allow your child, who is very young, around five years old, to watch videos like that with no problem at all? To be honest, I do. I think that's bad. I really do think that's bad at five years old. And there's a lot of things going around that shouldn't be happening now. I don't agree with that. Not at all. So you're here with your young daughter this morning. Yeah. Would you allow her to watch a Rihanna video? Yeah, because at the end of the day, she's going to see it anyway on the street. Hear bad language on the street, so it don't make no difference. But, oh, you I don't think they're too wrong? I've got to just... What? I've got to interrupt there. What's she seen on the street? What street's this? Listen, what street listen, does she live just, in? Just, just let it play, let it play, and she'll explain all. Oh, God. <laughs> She's sick. Sorry, Kath's just doing... I'm just doing the Rihanna. This is, this is a Gosh, parent with a young child. If I did that on the street, I'd be put away. <laughs> Just let her explain. Right. I do come to that point. Don't worry. Thank you. Aren't you then? These videos a bit too sexy for for young children. No, because it don't matter where you go, you're going to see this. You see people walking along the street half naked anyway. <laughs> Well, I've just spoken to a lady who said to me that, that any parent who allows their child to watch videos like this is a bad parent. What would you say to that? I'd say, so what, you're going to say that they're a bad parent walking along the street when someone's half naked walking in front of your kid then? That's what you're seeing, so... Mind you, when was the last time you saw somebody walking through a shopping centre wearing hot pants and, <laughs> and very little else? Oh, yeah, you want to walk through here in the week. People go shopping like that. Really? Oh, yeah, in Luton. Come on. I'm not joking. Hot pants, breasts hanging out. You haven't seen it. You need to be in here. You're wow. only in here in the morning. I've got, I've got to interrupt again. <laughs> I, we go to Luton Shopping Centre quite a lot. I've yeah. seen some very tight leggings. I've but... seen some tight... I've not seen hot pants and breasts hanging out. According to her, I'm there in the morning. We go in the morning. We need to go in the afternoon. All right, let's carry on. Well, then you want to come in in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so you see absolutely nothing wrong with it. Whether you see it on the street or on the TV, it's out there, it's happening. It makes absolutely no difference. No, it don't. Claire, again, um, on the school run this morning and with your young children, would you allow them to watch Rihanna videos? No, because I don't like her. I won't watch her myself, so I won't allow my children to watch them. What's so wrong with them? Just don't like her. Simple as that. Well, it's got nothing to do with the fact that they are a bit too raunchy, not suitable for children. You just don't like her? No, just don't like her. So I won't watch her videos, so I won't allow my children to watch them. What is your beef with Rihanna? 
There ain't a reason why. I just don't like her. I don't think she, she likes the songs. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Lyrically, they're very basic, aren't they? <laughs> that was one of the, the, the most shocking voxes I, I've ever heard, Justin. Well, do you know what? It's, it's weird you should mention that, because um, a few other people in the last, I would say, what, six weeks or so, I've been in Luton quite a bit recently, particularly in the, uh, the shopping centre, and uh, a couple of people have actually come up to me and said that you should do something about this, the fact that people are wearing next to nothing. Yes, we've had a hot summer, but it's not just something that she said other people are saying it too we've got a tweet and this is unfair but i'm just going to read it to um highlight some of the tweets we get blimey there are some right thickos in luton i think that's like that's that's harsh that's but she's harsh. telling us all she's doing yep. is telling us what she is seeing we are not with her at, at all times she is telling us you, what she has seen you need to get down there one afternoon just and try and find that girl in hot pants <laughs> with her breasts hanging out and vox her Should be easy to spot. <laughs> you said there's loads of them well according to her how long have we worked in this town? Yeah, but again, to go back to the point that she made, yeah. she's not talking about the morning, she's talking about the afternoon. Right. So the afternoons, apparently, is where you see people wearing next to nothing going through the shopping centre in Luton. Incredible. Wow. That's something to look forward to, isn't it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's very slow moving at the moment on the Great North Road um, at the Black Cat roundabouts. And in Milton Keynes, getting reports of being very slow moving on Standing Way, just at Steinbeck Crescent due to an accident that's happened there. And the M1, very heavy moving between Junction 12 at Flittick and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And getting reports in of Lower Luton Road at the moment being closed between Bowerhint Lane and Airport Way due to some flooding there. The M25 heading anti clockwise is queuing at the moment between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16 for the M40. So far, no reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, thank you very much. Some very strong views coming through about paternity leave. I will get to those in a second. 8.47. I'm just uh, being informed I'm going to be pwned on the texts. I doubt it. He's doing it on the text. A coward's way of arguing. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police say they're still trying to identify a man who approached young children on their way to school. The incidents, which happened earlier this year, featured last night on Channel 4's 24 Hours in Police Custody. The first screening of passengers arriving in the UK for possible symptoms of Ebola will begin at Heathrow this morning. And a family from Welling Garden City is calling for clarity in the law after their baby son was born prematurely and had to stay in hospital, meaning the dad ran out of time to take paternity. Leave. Andy, stay there. We'll come to you in a second. Let's get the weather first with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather damp start across all three counties, actually. We have a little bit of rain around. Just some light patchy rain. Certainly not as intense as yesterday. It's going to come and go through the course of the day. Still a bit murky out there, too, particularly through parts of Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire. But it is lifting. Low cloud generally, though. Not too much in the way of brightness. Although we may get a glimmer later on this afternoon. In that case, if we do, it's likely to set off yet another shower. Maximum temperature 16 Celsius. Overnight, eventually, the wind will, uh, rather, the uh, showers will die away. Mild night, temperatures only dropping down to around 10 Celsius, but a bit of mist and fog mixed in there. Murky start to Wednesday, gradually lifting into low cloud, a bit brighter, and then the heavy rains arri- uh, rain rise from the southwest. Maximum temperature for Wednesday, 15 Celsius, and that's your forecast. <laughs> 
Every weekday from three. Good afternoon, welcome to the show. Local people. What's your story? Seems there's a law for them and then there's one for the press. And I disagree with what they're saying. Local views. In some cases, sort of 40% loss in value of their properties. Has Kevin Luton got it right? There is a responsibility when you're paid from the public purse. Local life. Do you want to know how much my carer's allowance goes up by every April when the tax year changes? Two quid. Roberto Peroni. And is it fair to target people on benefits. Weekdays from three. BBC Three Counties Radio. Go on, who's poning me on the text Well, then? it's not really poning you, he's poning Justin. Oh. He said small companies get to claim over 100% of the paternity pay back, so it costs them nothing. Uh, Justin, excuse me? it's wrong, shockingly, says Steve. Excuse me? Small, small companies get to claim over 100%. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? It means that and a bit more. Is that true? I'm going to say yes. I bet it takes ages. And they've got to find someone... Uh, but that's not where the real cost is. The real cost is the fact that they've got to find somebody else to fill in. Listen, so they'll lose they've got produ- nine months' notice. No, mate. They'll lose productivity because they've got to find someone else, train them up, get them in, and then get rid of it them It can't again. be that hard or it wouldn't be the system. Yeah, it's not hard if you're Tesco's or if you're, you're John Lewis or if you're Our Price Records. If you're um, Steve Smith Carpenters and there are four of you, yeah. then it's hard. Yeah, but it's not going to happen that often, is it, if you're Steve Smith Carpenters and there are four of you? One of you might have a baby at one point. Suppose it, all four... Suppose it, all three of your employers have babies. Because that's, that's going to happen, isn't it? Mate. Uh, Ian, for once I find myself agreeing with you, what? says Barry Newton. Ugh, about uh, paternity leave. We already supply help... Oh, this is great. You're going to love this one. You're going to love Newton this. Barry Newton or Jeremy Clarkson. Who is it? You're going to love this. We already supply help to the new mothers with midwives and health visitors to help new mothers settle in. Why should we have to pay the father as well to get a holiday? If we listen to most women, us men just get in the way. No, not at all. They're very, very useful. My rock, for heaven's sake, at a time when you're feeling very vulnerable and you are flipping up and down with your hormones, you need your best mate there, for heaven's sake. Kerry from Hemel says, paternity leave, everyone wanted equal opportunities, so as far as I see it, fellas, you've got it. Rogue um, Leader says, maternity, paternity leave, discriminates, discriminates against people without children and that is a fact and there is a man who had two weeks off or a week off paternity leave for a puppy yeah jonathan vernon smith yeah Yeah, but he wouldn't get paid for it that he'd have lost money he'd have lost money fair play took some holiday great well done you you can do anything you want in your holiday he wants to he wants to train a dog to do a whoopsie outside well then i would suggest that is a waste of holiday but you know you can do what you want and if you if you're if you're a dad and your your wife's having a baby brilliant i wish you all the best of luck when do you want to book your holiday oh for heaven's sake what what's the problem with that i'm going right off you can i drive myself to solve um, sophie harris on yeah. the facebook says hello mel c standing naked covering herself this is what someone put on facebook didn't they? Oh, yeah. response to mel c moaning about um rihanna uh, saying mel c standing naked covering herself is not the same as vividly simulating you know yeah, what you're, you're right yeah um and she said that this is sophie again she said she would have disagreed with this idea until she watched music channels with her eight-year-old girl last week every female artist videos were full of ladies writhing and grinding interspersed with clothes ups of um and uh and even she commented it was hardly necessary yeah they're a little bit mucky those uh videos well they're going further and further i mean even it's not even the videos anymore is it if you see a picture of rihanna out in public she's barely got any clothes on yeah it'd be a shock if she put some big pants on oh wait four five jumper oh wait four five nine four i i like i like big jumpers I love a big jumper. What's wrong with a big jumper? Rihanna, here's a secret. Oh. Put a big jumper on. Can I tell you, can I, this is just a little thing, okay? The sexiest thing a woman can wear? A man's shirt. 
Depends which man, though, doesn't it? Man's if shirt. It's Pavarotti's. With a sleeve. Oh, no, come on, mate. Man's shirt with the sleeves rolled up. Like in the films. And next week's fashion tip will come from uh, Ian Lee about this time next week. Richard's, Richard is in Winslow. Good morning, Richard. My dear boys, you didn't want to do tea tip. I thought I would regale you with a radio of yesteryear back in 1972 on oh. Adrian Love show. Oh, Adrian Love. There's a blast this, from this the past, before, yeah. I don't know if he's still alive. Um, this was before they had the eight-second pause thing. And oh, hang on, are you going to, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Are you going to play a clip of someone swearing on a radio show from 42 years ago no. on my show? Okay. How dare you? Um, so what it was, it was a programme that, um, um, you've lost my train of thought. Um, oh, it, it, it was, you, it was, you know, to live. reveal your broken heart and, and then tell them about your long lost love on the radio yeah. and all that stuff. And yeah. invariably it was women, but on one occasion they had a bloke. And of course it was a man showing his emotion in those days. Yes. They, they gave we, him we extra fit, air time. There was this bloke going on about his long lost love of this week, Karen or Tracy, I can't remember. Couldn't give a stuff and about what I'm saying. Towards the end, and to the final, I will use on? a euphemism. Um, he said, <laughs> And it went out live. Oh, we all fell about laughing. Do you remember that one? No. It was so funny. Perhaps you could dig it out and play well, it. Uh, no. How would I? Well, how would I dig out? How would I dig that In out? In the files somewhere. Well, what, sta- what, laugh, station, what station was it on? Well, in those days, you didn't get that many. It might have been Capital. See, he doesn't even know. He wants me to track down some audio. And what was that in relation to? I've got n- absolutely no idea. Uh, he wants me to track down some audio from 42 years ago. Trust me, guys, I'm trying to track down audio from that long ago. It's hard. On a station, he doesn't know what the station was, uh, and he doesn't know what date it was. Doesn't know what the girl's name was. Doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, Thank- we'll, we'll get that. Thanks, Rich. Mick's in Watford. Morning, Mick. Morning. What you got for us? Well, I don't very often agree with you, but I'll turn the tables on you a little bit this oh, morning. You on, mentioned then. about holidays, that maternity leave uh, should be stopped, and they should take it... Um, no. Nope. Paternity leave. Paternity leave, yes. yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's early in the morning for me. I don't get up at six. Yeah. Um, I, I, I probably agree with you to a certain extent, but also what I don't agree with is you said they could take it as their normal holiday. Yeah. Well, I don't think we ought to have holidays. I think for these poor employers, yeah. we ought to stop all holidays. We didn't. Why, why do you deserve a holiday? Oh, How many mate. weeks holiday do you have a year? Oh, mate, I've got five weeks a year. Five weeks? I don't get paid, that's though. disgusting. I don't get paid. Well, that's not the point. They don't come into it, because even though you're not there, you're leaving your employer in a terrible state, because well. you've got to find somebody to replace you. It's not, it's, it's Catherine, yeah. so she's yeah, just there. Yeah, but you've got to find somebody. You're Catherine. Yeah, but Catherine's busy making the tea. She can't do two jobs. I'm going to bat out of this. Catherine, it's over to you. No, you're all right. Oh, Catherine, you know he puts on you all the time. Oh, he tries. I've never put anything on her. That is a vicious rumour, and I'm speaking to my solicitors about that. Well, you can speak to all you like. But what I'm saying is all holidays ought to be stopped. Scrap them, because the employers can't afford to pay people holiday pay. Mick, Mick, can I ask you a question? Yeah. When was the last time you punched a man? I mean, really punched a man? I've never punched a man. I don't believe you. You Never. You sound the sort. Well, I may sound the sort, I may talk the sort, but I've never punched a man. Do you feel you've you've missed out on that? Hold hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. If you're good at talking... Yeah. You can always... I told my boys when they were younger, if you can talk your way out of a fight, talk your way out of a fight. If you can't 
talk you out of it. Learn to run fast. It do you, don't do get anywhere make, by punching people. Do you, no, never, you, don't. Well do you never feel that you've missed out on punching someone? No. OK. Uh, Andy's in Letchworth. Morning, Andy. Good morning, Andy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. The last minute of the show is yours, sir. What have you got? Well, I was a photographer for years, and I went round to do a photo shoot around a, a woman's house. Oh, yeah. She had some music on, and this, this kid is addicted to Rihanna and all this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. She said, show the man you're dancing, show the man you're dancing. And I swear, this girl was dancing like she was in a strip team. It was ridiculous. She was about six years old. <gasps> Horrible, oh, isn't it? It's awful. Absolutely disgusting. It's weird. Well, I don't... Did the mum not, not kind of, you know, realise that that was highly inappropriate? Well, this is the thing. She seemed to think it was fantastic and her kid should show this off to a <sighs> random strange man. And that's, that's, that's where we are now, isn't it? It's almost like these parents want their kids to do everything they weren't allowed to do. Does she think it was funny? Do you think that's what it was? Or do you think it was good? She thought it was great. She thought she was going to be the next big thing. Oh, God. Mm, she was sticking out... She was sticking out everything that she didn't have. It was awful. Andy, listen, we've got to end it there because we're out of time. And that's the problem is I think lots of old mums see that that, their children doing that is a potential way out of their life, you know, and the the, the, the X Factor and Rihanna and all of these things, I think, portray that as a, you know, as a possible job opportunity. Take your high heels off and your pom-poms and read a book, kid. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Milton Keynes, very slow moving at the moment on Standing Way uh, between Newport Road and Junction 13 for the M1. In Harpingdon, we're still getting reports in of Lower Luton Road being closed between Bower Heath Lane and Airport Way due to some flooding there. And it is queuing at the moment on the A41 heading southbound between the Hemelhampstead turnoff and Junction 20 for the M25. The M25 itself looking very slow heading clockwise. That's between Junction 15 for the M4 and Junction 16 for the M40 following an accident there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. That's it, that's your lot. Kath and I are off to Salford to tell uh, people how to do radio. Justin sitting in tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday, though, at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, was Judy Finnegan right to apologise for her comments about rape? Judy Finnegan...